Getting, 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 you're getting, 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 you're you can take a swing at my ego. You can make a run for my crowd. Even with an army of people, you ain't gonna take a And Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio right here on EC Radio. I am the one, the only Graham Giusta Matthews sitting alongside the illustrious RJ Marceau at RJ, RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter. Is that correct, RJ? <laughs> that is correct. Graham. And you changed the handle, so I changed the handle. we got to find you know the people got to you know find yeah. out where you are yeah. on Twitter, you know. But of course, WrestleMania 31 this past Sunday. I'm already if you couldn't already tell, I lost my voice on Sunday. RJ can attest to it. I lost my voice during the cash in at the end of the show. Just a great, great show overall. We're going to be dissecting it here today on the show along uh, uh, with Monday Night Raw from the subsequent night. A great show as well. A lot to talk about here today. Two live hour special. Um, two hours. It's going to be nuts. But joining us on the line, my buddy, at underscore John's Jargon on the Twitter. How's it going tonight, John? It's me. It's me. It's HBD. Heal by Design. John Nichols. John Knapp. Underscore John Jargon. What's going on, Graham? Love to be here. Absolutely, brother. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. And we were talking right after the show went off the air. I gave you a call. We were talking for a little while about the show itself. We're going to be dissecting it here tonight. WrestleMania right here on WrestleRant. Um, From start to finish, along with Monday Night Raw the next night. But... 
Wow. WrestleMania 31, in a nutshell, let's just talk about it right now. RJ, what was your initial reaction Sunday night? I was watching it with you. What a, a crazy show. I Historic, think, to say the least. I think my initial reaction was that I went nuts when the cash-in came out. When you can, you were there, I jumped out of my seat, started screaming at the top of my lungs when Ron's music hit. <laughs> and once he, I thought for a second he was going to cash, he was going to fail the cash-in, but once he did, I was like, this is the, this is it. This is it. The future, the is, future now. is now. Hashtag future is now. Seth Rollins is your new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. A new Intercontinental Champion in Daniel Bryan. New United States Champion in John Cena. The undefeated Rusev has suffered his first loss, but just a night of magical, monumental moments. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Watching on the WWE Network, like I said, at RJ's place on Sunday night. Incredible. You know, the WWE Network did not cut out too much, thankfully, especially not during that ending. And I'm still reeling from that loss or, you know, from losing my voice after that incredible ending to WrestleMania. But, John, we talked on Sunday about the show. What were your initial thoughts coming out of WrestleMania 31? Well, Graham, you and I have had many a conversation about what is the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Nay, what is our favorite WrestleMania of all time? And now numbers have been thrown back and forth, 23, 28. But to be honest, hell, even 30. I got you, RJ, even 30. But you know what? I have to say, after Sunday night, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, WrestleMania 31 will go down as my favorite all-time WrestleMania. It had everything a casual, hardcore, babyface fan was looking for. I mean, it was just four hours, unprecedented, just perfection. Perfection personified. I, I have nothing, I, I was speechless at so many points in the night. It was the greatest thing I could have asked for as a wrestling fan. I saw nothing wrong with anything. Top and bottom of the card, perfect WrestleMania. It's absolutely amazing to me, too, because we spoke last week here in the show about the build and how it's been the worst that it has been in quite some time to WrestleMania. And I said it here last week that the, that the WrestleMania could be either really, really bad or really, really good, and thankfully it fell in the latter category. And one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time is the question on everyone's mind. We'll get to that at the end. And RJ, you also have a few words on why WrestleMania 30 was better. We'll also talk about that in a little bit as well. But kicking off the show itself with the kickoff show, WWE Tag Team titles on the line, Cesaro and Kid defending against Los Matadores, The Usos, and The New Day. Pretty fun matchup, pretty kind of a train wreck, a, a clusterfuck of a matchup. But it was really, really fun. Everyone, you know, played the role as well. We saw the involvement of El Torito and Italia, Naomi even. It was pretty crazy, but a fun, nice match to kick off the night. Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, still your WWE Tag Team Champions. So, RJ, what are your thoughts on this bout? Thought it was, I think it was good for what it was. Like you said, it was a, it was a mess at some point. Like, you didn't know who was tagged in. They kind of, like, referee didn't even know who was in. Like, no. one time Big E tried yeah. hitting someone, he was like, no, you're not legal, or... Someone else legal. I think it was it was kind of bad for the Usos because it kind of sucked. Like right off the bat, one of the, I don't know who was hurt. Jimmy. I think it's Jay. Yeah. Jay or Jimmy, whatever the Uso was, they got hurt right off the bat. Then like the, the other one had to wrestle by himself. Maybe they could have just like had like another team in there, but can't really. I think they're better than I would rather have one Uso than Los Matadores and the New Day <laughs> exactly. combined. So yeah, that's fine with me. I think the match was good. Obviously, the outcome was what I think everyone expected and wanted. I had some fear of Matadors and knew they were going to win at a point, <laughs> yeah. but like I said, Naomi and Natalia's involvement was good. I'll tell you, I could give two craps, but the match was good for what it was, and I was happy that Cesaro and Kid retained. Just never a dull moment, just a lot of constant spots. So like you mentioned, like we were watching chairs. that we always see on every tag team title match at WrestleMania, but it never gets old. There are a lot of you know great, great athletes in that ring. I mean, no matter how much I hate the New Day and Los Matadores, I mean... 
they're terrible acts, but I mean the fact that the, the people that are playing those characters are they're great in ring yeah, athletes. Man. Exactly. So I made for a very fun match. John, what did you think about the kickoff match of the WWE Tag Team Titles? I feel like I say this more often than not, but the tag team division has certainly seen better days. Having said that, I think the match was good for what it was. Exactly what RJ said. I mean, there were a lot of fun spots. It was great to see Cesaro and Tyson Kidd retain, especially because they are, in my opinion, going to be the best tag team of 2015. So it's a great way to uh, cement that legacy early with the win at WrestleMania. My main uh, gripe is the placement of the match, the kickoff show. Now, I was actually really pleased when what we're going to be talking about next, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royals got moved to kickoff show. I think that's a better placement for that match. But tag team wrestling has a storied history in the WWE, especially at WrestleMania. I mean, we could name some of the greatest uh, tag teams to compete at the show of shows ever. Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, Matt and Jeff Hardy. I mean, tag team wrestling really in the Attitude Era picked back up at WrestleMania. So I was hoping that this year we could uh, get some tag team action on the card. Uh, we did not. Um, would I have loved to see uh, those four teams competing in a ladder match for the tag team titles as opposed to the Intercontinental Championship ladder match? Maybe. I, I was really happy with the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. And uh, But uh, having said all that, the tag team action was good for what it was. I was happy to see the, the chance for Kane, so I got, no, I got no gripes with that. But in the future, I would like to see the tag team division revamped a little more so than they've already tried in years past. Kind of uh, you know, give the Divas a chance. Hell, give tag teams a chance. You know, to do it one year is okay. Because we've seen it time and time again with the tag teams on the pre-show. But to do it at 28, uh, 30, now 31, so almost three consecutive years with the exception of 29. I don't know, it just feels like you're really undermining the tag team division. I mean, I don't blame the placement of this match. I mean, with all the star-studded matches on the show itself throughout the four hours, um, this was the one to be bumped, obviously, given who was involved. But... I just feel bad for the Usos, more so the Usos because they put in a lot of hard work into making that tag team division what it is and one of the best things about it over the last few years, and they really just got short-sighted on this show by being on the kickoff show, but at least they were on the card at all, and um, that's another thing, too. It feels like, you know, they have to get everybody on the card when it really shouldn't feel that way. It should yeah. feel like, you know, you, you earn your place at WrestleMania. It's not like, oh, everyone's going to get a shot. It's like... You know, your, your kid's at the playoffs or something and everyone gets a trophy because even though you're a loser, you know, it's basically the same exact concept. But um, yeah. I echo your guys' thoughts. I, th I think it was a really fun match. And hopefully we can, like John said, we can see a tag team title match on the WrestleMania card next year. Um, but also on the kickoff show, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. The Battle Royal itself I didn't have a huge problem with. Just the finish I think really bothered me more than anything else. And I think a lot of people also share the same thought on this. But, um, John, I'll get your thoughts on what were your thoughts on the match itself and the finish of Big Show going over and taking the trophy. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> after WrestleMania 30, I was definitely hoping that the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal would stay exclusive to WrestleMania 30. I mean, it was a great moment for Cesaro to uh, scoop up the Big Show in a Hulk Hogan-like manner and throw him over the top rope. But, I mean, at the end of the day... The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is a glorified bathroom break, and I, I, I mean that as nicely as possible. I mean, the, there, there are some key, some key guys in there that a lot of us care about, a lot of us want to see succeed, but other than that, it's Job City, man. And I, There's no one who we should invest ourselves in, really, so who, why should we care who wins? That being said, it is kind of nice to give a, maybe a younger superstar a little bit of a rub, having him win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, we didn't see that. 
Last year we saw Cesaro win, which was a great rep for him at the time. I don't, I don't think it played out like they thought it would. But uh, maybe giving Damian Mizdow the win would have done a little bit better. But no, we got a the now 20-year veteran <laughs> big show. The man who has been a professional wrestler for 20 years. Also the man who main evented Monday Night Raw last night. The man who I can literally... Never, I'd I never want to see him again, but unfortunately, <laughs> he'll be here for a while. It's just a shame, I feel like. I feel like the match itself wasn't terrible. I mean, the only thing with it, the only issue with it, was that you had the big show eliminating people left and right. So I'm feeling like, okay, this is going to build to someone taking him out, getting the big rub. Like, he took out Hideo Tommy, which annoyed me beyond belief. Um, I mean, it was cool to have NXT represented, but why even bother having him if he just gets punched out in like two seconds? Like, that didn't make any sense. And another problem with it was that they initially announced 20 people, not officially, but it looked like there was only going to be 20 people. And then they throw in another extra 10 people for no reason. Like, love Alex Riley, but was there really any reason for him to be in there? Xavier Woods, Kid, and, and Cesaro, like the people from the tag team match were in there too. That didn't make any sense. So I don't know why, why they did that, just maybe to kill some more time. But, um... Like you said, it comes down to Miz, Miz Dow, Big Show, and Ryback, who got a nice little rub here. But then Ryback gets tossed out, Miz gets tossed out. You got the official split from Miz and Miz Dow, which is great. We finally got that. So that was the only one saving grace of this match. And I guess the story they were trying to tell was that Big Show has never won a battle royal before in his career. Like, we care. Like John said, the guy's been here for 20 years. So, I mean, that's not really a narrative to latch onto. And I said this last week, the only story they were telling going into the show was Miz and Mizdow. That's why Mizdow should have won. It didn't kill him. I mean, he was over anyway in the next night on Raw. But, I don't know, it just feels like a missed opportunity. RJ? Like, I'm going to go with the exact thing you guys said, I think. I think the one issue with the matches has no value to it at all. No. It's, like, if anything, like, maybe, like, if you win it, like, maybe get, like, a mid-card title shot down the line, especially for, like, a nice young superstar to win. King of the Ring kind well, of thing. Something like that. But, like, winning... Winning a a trophy that means nothing, which we saw last year, Cesaro did nothing with it, and no helped them at zero. And then Big Show went over, which made no sense at all. And like you said, the whole story going into the match was Miz and Mizdow. I had a little hope, I not hope, I had a thought that maybe Ryback would win because he kind of looked he looked really strong going in, and then he gets thrown out by the Big Show. And then once Miz got thrown out, I was like. Yeah, you're like it's I'm gonna like, happen. It's gonna happen. Big Show's yeah. gonna win. Like you almost I, I, just, the... I just think it was so. They would have to tell a hard, like, only way he was going to get over is, like, he just pulled the rope down and Big Show fell over. And I thought they had that at a point, but then Big Show wins. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, Big Show wins a battle royal, but like you said, no one cares, so. Well, RJ, I had a, a great idea when I was watching the battle royal to actually give it some value. I mean, like you said, there is no, you get nothing other than a meaningless trophy if you win the battle royal. Well, what about if uh, you copy the little money in the bank structure, all right, winner of the Andre the more. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, that's a mouthful. Winner of that Battle Royal gets an Intercontinental Championship title match whenever he chooses. Well, does that give it some meaning? Does that give it some value? I think it gives, it gives, it, it gives a reason to watch it more than just yeah. winning a trophy. I like, I like the idea, but do you feel like it would be too much of a copy of Money in the Bank, though? I mean, it would. But there's really nothing else you could do to be yeah. a prestigious Battle Royal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or you could do uh, just have it on the pre-show. Whoever wins gets the title match that night. That, there you go. Like the um, WrestleMania 24 with Kane when he won the yeah. Battle Royal. Something like that. A title shot is like, I think yeah. it's the bottom line here. 
Um, I would love to see. Give it some meaning. Because like you said, if Cesaro won last year, it launched him into the main event. I mean, then it's like, oh, I need to win this Battle Royal. But the guy went nowhere. The guy was on the kickoff show in the match. And, you know, I like that spot, too, when, when he went, you know, did the same thing as last year when he tried to eliminate Big Show, but Big Show eliminated him. That was cool. But, um, yeah, the match has no meaning. Why should I care about it next year if Big Show won this year? Um, yeah, I mean, I like the match itself. I didn't have a huge problem with it. And the Miz and Miz Dow thing was well done. Big Show winning, not exactly the best part of the show. What's we'll better, Big Show or Kane winning? Kane. <laughs> I, can, I can tolerate Kane, I no hesitation. I can tolerate Kane, I can't stand yeah. the show. I like Kane better with the mask, obviously. I mean, everyone does, <laughs> but I can tolerate corporate Kane over the big show. Ugh, big show. I mean, I, I, big show is a cool guy. Someone replied back to me a couple months ago when I said I hated the big show. I'm like, oh, he's a great guy. Why would you even say that? You know, he's, uh, he's been here for 20 years. He's so loyal to the company. I don't hate Paul White. I hate the big show. Exactly. The, the, the booking. Character. Exactly. The guy's been here for so long, like John said. It's ridiculous how much TV how much TV time this guy gets. Any man of it's a TV raw. time. What? Quality TV Quality, time. exactly. The guy's all over the show. It's ridiculous. But getting out of the show itself, though, <laughs> kicking off WrestleMania 31 was the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. As great as we could have expected it to be, everyone had their shining moment. Dean Ambrose taking the bump of the night um, right through the ladder at ringside. Miraculously made it back in time for Raw the next night to face John Cena, showing no ill will or no you know signs of being hurt whatsoever. That was a little weird. But um, <laughs> the match itself was really, really good. I enjoyed it. Daniel Bryan came out on top, the new Intercontinental Champion. So, RJ, what were your thoughts on this bout for the IC title? Do you think it gives the belt some meaning now that Bryan holds it? I think we saw from last night, just the match alone, the mid-card titles are going to be treated differently with who's holding them. Um, I, thought the match, I thought the match was good. I, thought was, I expected it to be one of the better matches on the card. Um, but when it came down to it, I really, going into it, I only thought there was two obvious winners. It would be Ziggler or Bryan. So once Ambrose got out, I was like, all right, he's not. Like, he was kind of like the dark horse, but once he was out, I was like, all right, it's definitely be Ziggler. Bad news, I, hadn't, I, didn't have a, <laughs> I didn't have a blue shot of hell of him winning. And like, he started bullhammering people. And then finally, Bryan and... Ziggler had their moment, and then Brian eventually won. I think it would have been better, like you said, if maybe Goldust was in there. Make him and Cody like that. They just Instead kind of blew of that our off. Truth, yeah, our truth was... was such a waste. Yeah. Um, Luke Harper I liked in there, gave him a bigger rub than being in the Memorial and get thrown over the top rope. Yeah, um, great athlete. He's kind of getting thrown on the like he got thrown to the wayside after this whole WrestleMania season. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think he'll be better down the line, hopefully. But. I'm excited that Daniel Bryan won. It should be. It'd be nice to see. They said the match last night down uh, Raw was good. Him and Ziggler. So I think the mid card titles will finally get like the match they deserve and the quality time and real storylines. I'm a big fan of the little touches, like when they had him kick off the show, much like he ended the show last year. Cole mentioned on, on commentary like a million times, but I like that though, and the fact that. He got his big win last year. He won the world title. He wins the IC title this year. And, you know, like the little stuff, like he contended for the U.S. title at 27, world title the next year. Um, what was the next year after that? Tag team, world heavyweight, or WWE world heavyweight, and now IC. I like that. I think it's really cool. Obviously not intentional. <laughs> but um, now that he's a triple crown champion too, which is also really a nice accomplishment. But great match. Love the result. Hopefully this... Um, resurgence of the mid-card belts is not, you know, short-lived. Hopefully they can do it for the long term. But, John, what were your thoughts on the Intercontinental title ladder match? Well, I thought this ladder match was amazing. It really was. They, they said before the show that this was the 11th ladder match in WrestleMania history. So we, we've seen a lot in those 11 matches. We've seen, we've seen some crazy spots that uh, are hard to replicate. So going in, I, I wanted to see how these young guys could make this ladder match stand out from all the others all the iconic ladder matches over the past 31 years. Now, having said that, going into the night, my prediction was to have 
uh, Bad News Barrett when I know RJ said that he uh, didn't give him a shot in hell. But uh, I had Bad News Barrett winning because, in my opinion, I thought Barrett retaining and getting his first WrestleMania win would do uh, more for the title than you know, handing it off to Bryan, who I know will do wonders for the title. I'm sure he'll hold it for some time and hopefully be built like an actual Intercontinental Champion. But uh, I was I was uh, predicting Barrett to win. I thought that he's had, had a great run going uh, since coming back in uh, December, I believe it was December or January. I, I think that his character has been as good as it's ever been. So uh, him him losing isn't the worst thing for his character. I like that they're uh, giving him they're letting him chase now. Now Sheamus is thrown to the picture. You got Dana Bryan, Dolph Ziggler in there too. I just don't want Bear to be thrown off to the wayside, like you said, RJ, uh, about Luke Harper. I don't want Bear to be forgotten now that WrestleMania is over. I mean, the Intercontinental Championship has changed hands more times than any title in recent memory. I mean, anyone who's anyone can hold the Intercontinental Championship title now. So I do hope that Dana Bryan brings something new to it, uh, uh, restores its prestige. But um, I thought overall the match is amazing. Crazy spots, great way to open the night, especially if you're a casual fan who uh, isn't sure about this WrestleMania gig. You're not sure if you really want to watch it, and then you see this ladder match. You're like, all right, I'm hooked. So it was, it was a great hook to the night. On your point about Bad News Barrett, I echo your thoughts on that. I'm a huge Bad News Barrett fan. I mean, we were there. We were watching the Raw together when he returned. You know, the, the pop that he got that night was great. But I feel like, and I said this last week too, in that in him winning, although it would have been a good moment for Barrett, it's past the point of no return with him was that, you know, people, he, he's been losing every single match for like two or three months. It's not like for a few weeks. And even if a retained people still would not have cared, you know, I feel like they, they had to do something about it and they had to change it. And, you know, I, I would love him. I, I would love it if they rebuilt him back up, but how realistic that is, I have no idea. Hopefully they can, hopefully they can. Cause like you said, he's very, very talented. He showed in the past that you know he has what it takes to be a top guy in this company. And I want to talk about this real quick because I thought this was the dumbest thing. I don't know if either of you guys heard about this, but um, I read a report on Saturday, or I think Bad News Barrett actually did an interview to confirm this. And the interviewer asked him uh, why he isn't delivering bad news anymore, and he said because the officials told him not to because people were cheering it, which is the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. Because at that raw that he came back at, he got cheered. I thought he was going babyface, and they obviously went back to him going back to being a heel. And I don't know, it just seems so dumb. And Daniel Bryan during his Hall of Fame speech was also saying that, you know, when people were doing the Yes Chain a couple years ago, they told him to say no because they wanted to shut it down. And obviously that backfired, but I don't know. This company can be really petty sometimes. And I love Bad News Bear, and they're really just taking the rug right underneath the guy because I feel like he can be a big star if they let him be a star and, you know, just let him roll with the people, I feel like, you know. I mean, Barrett has been false started more times than anyone over the last five years. He, this is this was his fifth Intercontinental Championship reign in five years. So five different times they said to him, all right, we're going to give you the mid-card belt, the mid-card belt, in hopes that you can run with the ball, hopefully get into the main event at some point. And on five different occasions, it's not that he's failed to do so. I think that he's been booked terribly. Yes. And that it, they're, they're not allowing him mm-hmm. to step up to get to the next level. I mean, Barrett was the winner of the first ever, uh, how legitimate it was is still arguable, but the first <laughs> ever season of NXT. All right, the guy can go. I mean, but seriously, he's been on the main roster for about five years now, a little over five years. I mean, I'm not saying that there are people who've been here for way longer than that still doing what they're doing, but the guy is a star, and you can't even deny it. I mean, if Cena, Cena debuted in 2002, imagine if he was still doing the uh, – the uh, weird haircut, uh, 
tidy whities kind of kind of gimmick <laughs> in 2006. I mean, he was face of the company in 2006. But uh, I just think, a ba- I mean, sure, they gave him the bad news Barrett, but he's essentially the same heel Wade Barrett we got back in 2010. I mean, he's not doing anything really different. And this goes back into what I've always been saying about as time passes, people stay the same. And I, the longevity of these superstars isn't forever. So if you ever <laughs> want to cash in on Barrett's uh, popularity of him being a surefire main eventer soon, I mean, you got to do it sooner rather than later. And him waiting in the mid-card isn't doing it for me. I'd love to see him as the IC champ just so this, even sometime this year he can get to the main event. But, I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I, I just think it's worse that, you know, that too, that they're not allowing him to evolve, but he, they give him a crappy gimmick and the bad news thing, and he runs with it. It was a year ago, almost exactly, that he came back the night after WrestleMania, got a huge pop, you know, he beat uh, Rey Mysterio in his final match in WWE, and then he went on to, you know, be one of the most over guys in the roster as Intercontinental Champion. He had a great run last year. People were into him, and he made it his own. He made it work, and then when he came back again, people were into him, and then, they, like I said, they just take the rug right underneath them and they I don't know they, they just allow him they give him something and then they take it back it's like with Zack Ryder a couple years ago at least with Barrett though he has main event potential but I, th- I think the main issue was once he like was leader Nexus and like everyone thought he was gonna win then they kinda like didn't let him win that's it that's exactly and then like it. once that point then like <clears throat> everyone's like alright so he's not gonna win then he's like the head of the core and everyone's like why should I give a shit about this guy then he does not something else then like they do it another thing and like he just keeps changing but then, like, once he gets hot, they just, like, pull him back. He got hurt. He got hurt a few times, too, right? Yeah, I mean, the injuries are one thing, but they have like, pulled he, Obviously, back. like, he can't, like, control his injuries. But, like, going into last year's Money in the Bank, he was one of the favorites. Gets hurt. So yeah. then comes back hot again. Then they're like, nope, you need to come back again. Like, I give him the belt, give him the but belt, he lost But you're going to lose every match. match. Like, yeah. it's it's not his fault. It's obviously the booking. But, like, it, it's stupid. Like, you don't tell, you don't push someone. Just to pull him back. It's just like I don't they know. keep doing. It's like a guy like Ziggler. Like they push him, then they pull him back. Exactly. Push him, pull him back. Exactly. Same thing. Yeah. They could use like the injury thing as like an excuse to keep doing it. But <laughs> if someone's over, generally over, you can't just say nope. We don't want them to be over. That's yeah. like a Vince McMahon thing that gets me so annoying. It's the dumbest. Like thing. Daniel Bryan's over, but I hate him. So like, let's not do anything with him. Like, yeah, stop. exactly. The, the the old injury prone you know excuse is the oldest. And the excuse worst is in like the, the most injury prone person is Randy Orton. Exactly. Hurt I mean, hundreds of times. Love Orton, but I mean, there's a lot of exceptions to that. I mean, exactly. you know, Cena's got hurt. I mean, I know he's the face of the company, but you know what I mean. Like a lot of people <laughs> up top have been hurt countless times. Ziggler gets hurt once or twice, and they say he's injury-prone. You know, that's not his fault, but um, is what it is. That was a great match to kick off the show. Up next, and what I thought was the match of the night, best wrestling match of the night, as John said when I was talking to him a few days ago, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins, the first of two Rollins matches in the night. I thought this was a great match. I mean, the build left something to be desired, but the match itself from a wrestling standpoint and that finish... God damn, that finish was the best RKO I've ever seen. Better than the Bourne one a couple years ago. Just best all-around match in the card. Absolutely loved it. So, John, I'll kick it off with you. What were your thoughts on Orton versus Rollins at WrestleMania? Well, I predicted this match from as soon as, soon as uh, this match became a main, uh, official Mania match, I predicted that it would be the show stealer of the night. And I think it did just that. I mean, of course... There were a lot of great WrestleMania moments. That word has been said so many times over the past two or three days. There have been a lot of great WrestleMania moments that were on at WrestleMania 31. But as far as a beautiful five-star wrestling match goes, Orton and Rollins pulled it off flawlessly. I mean, you can go back and watch the storytelling of that match, the pacing, the action guy in fourth gear right when it needed to, and the finish, like you said, was unbelievable. It was a perfect five-star affair. I was 
so honored that I called it. I knew these guys were capable of putting something beautiful together, and they did just that. I mean, when you look at these guys' um, their, their styles, they're, they're, they mesh beautifully. I mean, they, it's just gonna, they're both so smooth in the ring, and when they're in there together, it's just it's seamless. So I knew that they would have a beautiful match. And what was the match um, overshadowed by other moments on the card? Yeah, but I think the WWE did that on purposely, uh, on purpose. Uh, excuse me, they did that on purpose, seeing as though, all right, well we'll, have, we'll put Orton and Rollins on early. All right, we'll send DX the NWO. We'll send The Rock and Ronda Rousey out, and then come main event time, everyone will have forgot about Seth Rollins. Oh, here's Seth Rollins cashing in. So that just adds to the hype. So, yeah, was the match overshadowed by uh, other moments on the card? Yeah, it was. But I think at the end of the night, it was the best wrestling match in the show. And I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed for anyone to find a better match than, than that on the show. Absolutely. I felt it was a great match. And, I mean, you know, people were expecting going in it was going to be a great match. But the fact that it lived up to that hype and that finish, too, was phenomenal. The way that it was executed is absolutely unbelievable. Everyone that we were watching with just popped. I was going crazy after I saw that. I mean, I watched it back a few times, too. It's nothing nothing like watching it back live. It was amazing. But um, I love the match. RJ, what were your thoughts on it? Like I said, I'll go with John. Like, right when I saw this match, I was like, this is definitely be the best legit wrestling match. Two guys, probably the two two of the best workers. So when you put two good workers in the ring, you're going to get a classic. And um, that was a really good match. The finish was ridiculous. I think, obviously, the other stuff overshadowed it, but hands down was easily the best legit wrestling match, and I think by a lot compared to the other matches, wrestling standpoint-wise. I mean, you look at the entire show, and I mean, I was saying last week I was the only one to pick Orton, but like I said, him beating Rollins, who is now the champion. I mean, I never saw that happening at WrestleMania itself. We talked about that last week. But, um, you know, in Orton beating Rollins, he now has a title shot. We saw that last night on Raw, and you can build with triple threat at Extreme Rules or something like that. So the outcome was great. Lost here, cashed in later on the night, so it was all well and good. Even if he didn't cash in, I feel like he would have been fine anyway. Rollins is so great in his role. I was texting you last night, RJ. The guy is so great as a heel, and the guy's going to shine as, as world champion. I cannot wait for his reign Unless going Unless he forward. loses to El Torito tonight on main event. <laughs> main event, exactly. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, <laughs> anything's possible after the end of Raw last night, but you never really know. I, I can't instill full faith in this company after WrestleMania because they still make dumb decisions like that. But great match there. Up next... The match that got everybody talking, easily probably the most controversial finish on the WrestleMania card, Triple H versus Sting. A lot of mixed bag thoughts in this, either really, really good or really, really bad. I haven't really seen anything in between. And um, we do have some on here on the show. RJ, you did not like it. John, whereas you did, I, I, I can't even say a fill in between. I liked it. I enjoyed it. But um, RJ, I will kick off with you. What were your thoughts on the match itself, the involvement of DX, NWO, Attitude Air, 15 years later, kind of wrapping up the Monday Night Wars. What was going through your mind? So, going into this match, I knew it was going to be a good... I didn't expect it to be a good wrestling match. Triple H was has showed over the years he can still work good. Sting, on the other hand, TNA days were pretty bad at the end. So, uh, I thought at first it was... I, I, it wasn't the match that really got me off. I was like, okay, this is exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be like slow-paced, couple headlocks, submission kind of like stuff like... Stuff like I'd expect, and then out of nowhere comes freaking Billy Gunn and all that. I'm like, what? break it down, nigga. I'm like, I was what like, the what? fuck's going on right now? Yeah. It's part of my language. I was like, what's going on right now? Then he like gets hit by Sting. I'm like, so it's a disqualification. Then no disqualification. So I'm like, uh, then why aren't they in the ring like attacking Sting? Like this makes no sense. And then yeah, like NWO comes out. I'm like, all right, they're gonna fight. Then out of nowhere, Shawn Michaels like switching music, Sting, <laughs> and like the referee's confused. And then like. 
Triple H in the bat, and then like sledgehammer, and then the sledgehammer breaks, and like I was like, what the hell? This is like all over the place. And then eventually, like they Triple H wins, and they do like the whole NWO and like DX shake hands stuff like that. I just think I was thrown off by the DQ. The mat, the legit match wasn't any good at all. The moments they were there, but it just seemed so like it seemed like since the match wasn't going that well, they just like. Toss him out, toss him out the thing, get the crowd going again. Cause like we were insane when you were watching it. Sting put him in the Scorpion Death Drop, and he wasn't even sitting down in the move. He was standing up, he like almost fell over. <laughs> it was a disaster, but like a in ring standpoint. But like I said, the moments are good. I just think when you want to do like, and especially like last week, Sting said it's not about WCWWE, but then they do WCWWE at WrestleMania, and then I think it's stupid how they have Sting who was like the top of WWE, but then gets Triple H. Who, like, in the Attitude Era was, like, third or fourth best in WWE. It should have been, like, Rock or Stone Cold or Undertaker. I think Undertaker, obviously, people would have said that should have been happened before. But, um, and it just seems like it, they try to, like, redo their wrongs for the Invasion. Like, the Invasion was supposed to be, like, the big storyline. It kind of failed because they didn't have, like, the Stings and the Hogans and the Nashes and the Halls right at that because they were still in WCW. Or, like, they didn't come out right away. So, I think they kind of, like, took the Invasion just waited 15 layers just, like, the remash it up. I get I guess like this whole like year they did like the whole Monday Night War thing on WWE Network. I thought it was a good series. They kinda of repeated themselves a hundred million times, but that's another rant for another day. <laughs> but I guess the WCW WWE rivalry is hopefully done now. It should be done now. They they made amends. Hopefully Vince doesn't get another crazy idea. I just think the whole match was I don't think the match in ring was good. And the moments were good for what it was, it just made no sense. Well, like you said, I wasn't expecting an in-ring classic going in. I, I, I think it was worse than my my in-ring wrestling thoughts were going to be on it, though, too. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to dissect here. We had the entrances, I, too, which I thought were good. But the entrances were... I think Triple H is really good. Stings was kind of... Yeah. A little Triple random. H was little really random. It was Triple good. H is really good, The though. Terminator thing I thought was cool. I didn't, I didn't mind that oh, at all. But, but before I, I give my thoughts... Right now. John, before I give my thoughts, John, I'll allow you to rebut. All right. Thank you so much. All right, RJ, I just have to say... That's, that was the beauty of the match, and that it was so chaotic, all right? It, it, with, with DX running in, with uh, the NWO running in, that was the beauty of the whole affair. I'll, I'll agree with you in the fact that they never once announced that this was going to be a no-disqualification matchup, so that was, that was a, a bit a tad confusing. But, I mean, it was just all the involvement and all the returns. I mean, no one expected any of that. So just to see that was so mind-boggling. And like you said, they staying on Raw said so this wasn't about WCW. This wasn't about WWE. This is about staying one to take down Triple H. And that's great. But if you follow that storyline, do you know what you get? You get a 25-minute ho-hum match between the 56-year-old Sting and the late 40s, trip, early uh, mid-40s Triple H. I mean, if I just saw a match between those two guys for 25 minutes that ended with Triple H winning clean, no outside involvement, no sledgehammer, no bat, I would have a lot more criticisms of this WrestleMania. But, I mean, the fact that they brought out NWO, they brought out DX, I mean, they, they gave it more dynamics. They gave it more layers. The fact that it's just a, a wrestling match that wouldn't have been greatly wrestled anyway. Like you said, the interaction wasn't great, but I never expected a five-star fair from these guys. I always knew that, well, Sting is way past his prime. Triple H is getting there. So this match was supposed to be more about the storytelling. All right, When two guys can't really go anymore, uh, for example, Undertaker, when he faced Bray Wyatt, that match wasn't the match of the night, but it had great storytelling. Thing versus Triple H was supposed to be about the storytelling, and I, and 
as I'll, I'll rebut my statement that I made uh, a couple weeks ago when I said this match shouldn't be about WCW versus WWE. It should be Sting wanting to take down Triple H. I'll rebut that statement because if that was a story they went they they went to the story they took into WrestleMania, I mean we're just getting a ho hum match for 25 minutes, and I think that would have spoiled the night more. But I mean when you have Hogan Hall and Nash coming down together for the first time since uh, what was it uh, Hogan's birthday party last summer? I mean they, those guys don't get together often. So when they come down, all right, and then you get DX coming out, X Pot, uh, Billy Gunn. Uh, Road Warrior, uh, Road Dog, Road Dog, <laughs> Road Warrior, yeah. It just makes, it makes a great moment. So, I mean, yeah, the match wasn't great. The moment wasn't the most logical. But, I mean, if you're going off logic in itself, there's so many illogical things with the WWE. The Rock assisting Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. When the last time the Romans and the, the Rock and Roman Reigns were in the ring together, Roman Reigns was stomping the Rock in the corner. Like, where's the logic in that? Sure, there's no logic. I mean, the last time Sting and the NWO were together, Sting was trying to destroy the NWO. But, I mean, it was just about seeing those factions facing off. We never thought we'd see that. I mean, when we brought the NWO in in 2002, 2003, DX was long gone, all right? And then when DX made their return subsequently, 2006, 2007, 2009, uh, the NWO was nowhere in sight. They're all in TNA. So it was just it was just a little a, a moment, a moment in time. So if, if your expectations were to supersede that, I mean, you you were let down. I wasn't let down. I thought that was a, it was an amazing moment for what it was. So like we were so like we were saying going in, I feel like I absolutely agree. I feel like the build should have been, you know. Sting going after Triple H, but like you said, John, the match would have blown. I mean, it wouldn't have been good. But here's the thing though, because. Um, I don't know. Me personally, I feel like the match before the interference was not that bad. From an in-ring, from an in-ring standpoint, it wasn't that great. But the, he, that crowd ate it all up. I mean, I mean, based off, I, they're in the, the arena. California crowd too for Sting though, too. True. Yeah, and it's like his home state. But I mean, maybe people at home wasn't. It's not the same because they're not there. I get that. And it's Sting's first match, so I felt the magic in that. But um, it's not like they were having a bad match and then they sent him out there. It was obviously planned from the beginning. But, I don't know, it felt like a, a fun segment. That's why I enjoyed it. But if that's the case, then they shouldn't have made it as serious as they did, if that makes any sense, going into the show. Because I felt like we were going to get a brawl. We did, in a way, but there was a lot of, like, ho-hum, like, gimmickry and, and stuff like that. And I liked the way they ended up going with it, because, like you guys said, without it, it would have been a lot worse. That match would not have been great. And Sting, actually, to his credit... Looked better than he did in TNA. He wasn't wearing a shirt, God forbid, thankfully. That that, that was not the case. The, the crowd ate it all up. And, um, I mean, like, I mean, th this is a brief note. Doesn't really matter. But technically, I know this is WWE, but technically the last time we saw Hogan and Sting together, they were in TNA and they were friends. But this, they never acknowledged TNA, <laughs> so that doesn't really count. But, um, and then you get to the finish. So there was a lot of going on. The no disqualification thing I, I agree with. That was weird. RJ and I were talking beforehand. Not one mention on the pre show, from what we heard anyway. Supposedly on Wikipedia it says pinfall and submissions only match, but I'm. They never said that on the road to WrestleMania. They didn't say it on the kickoff show, from what we heard. So I don't know where the hell that came from. People in the arena were confused. I was confused. I was wicked confused. We were all confused. When I, was like, was like, I was like, oh, maybe they're just cheering him on or something. And Billy Gunn's like on the apron getting hit. I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah, like, it didn't really make much then sense. Then Shawn Michaels like kicked him. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, it's going to end in DQ and Robinson didn't go for the bell so it was very weird but um yeah i felt like 
from an entertainment standpoint, I enjoyed it. So that's why I said that there's a lot of you know conflicting thoughts in this, whether it was really, really good or really, really bad. Not really much in between. But then we get to the finish, and I don't know why, but I'm not furious over this like a lot of people are, which is fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I don't know. I'm not as angry as maybe I should be. I'm not exactly sure. But Triple H ended up going over, beating Sting in his first match. Not clean, after a few pedigrees and, and the sledgehammer to the face. Sweet chin music. Sweet chin music. And after all these finishers, he gets pinned. One, two, three. Triple H wins. And then they make up afterwards, which a lot of people weren't happy with. So we'll dissect that real quick. Uh, RJ, what were your thoughts on the, the finish of Triple H going over, which you correctly predicted, and the handshake afterward? Uh, I, I just predicted Triple H to win. I, it was very bold in my thought and thinking. Um, I just thought, like, Triple H didn't get over on Sting. And I thought, you know, why not have Triple H go over? I think the finish was... Like you said, I thought... I think the story that they were telling was WCW, but then, like, Triple H kind of needed, like, Shawn Michaels to help him. Like, eh, like I don't like... Like, he needed the sledgehammer to help him. Yeah. and needed Shawn Michaels to kick him. Like, yeah. I think, like, they could have... I think the finish would have been better. Like, I'm not pissed that Sting lost because I picked Triple H to win anyways. But I think, like... like I think he used the sledgehammer at the end to win, right? Yeah, I think he yeah. used, like, the broken sledgehammer. Yep. yep. And then I just think, like... Even though, like, NWO came out, I feel like DX, like, actually helped Triple H, and NWO didn't really help Sting. So it was kind of weird, I think. Um, like, actually, in the ring standpoint, they yeah, helped yeah, him. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm not furious that Sting didn't win because I didn't pick him to win. But I remember, like, Arden and Mike were saying last week, like, if Sting lost and Triple H, or one of them lost or both of them lose, him and Undertaker, like, they didn't want to see, like, Sting and Undertaker 32, I think. Well, Undertaker won. So. Undertaker won, <laughs> but... Um, which goes from Sting here, it's where it, wherever it goes. I'm not, like I said, I think if the moment's right, bring them out. But, I don't, like I said, the match wasn't good. So, I think they maybe they'll make decision off that. But, um, I'm not mad Triple H won, and I think the finish was what it was. I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's really all about the aftermath and what happens next. I know Sting spoke on Raw on the network, which was good, and he, and he took out Bo Dallas of all people. Scorpion Death Drop to... Bo Dallas. <laughs> That's the returning Bo Dallas. <laughs> but, um, you know, he didn't really give any indication. He just said, if WWE presents me with an opportunity, I'll take it. You know, the fans chanted Undertaker. He let them, you know, chant it. So, um, I'm, that gave me hope that we might see the match. I don't know if that's saying much, but it's just a chant. You knew they were going to chant it, but I don't know. I feel like we might still see the match anyway. They might not take the Rock and Cena build of doing it a year in advance. I feel like they should if they want to do 100,000 people and get the best build out of it. Whatever. But, um... The finish itself, I don't know. It, like I said, it's all about the aftermath. And the handshake afterwards, I feel like if they were going to shake hands anyway, which, again, I'm not mad about. I don't know why, but some people were making the, were making the, the point that Triple H just cheated. Not cheated. I mean, it's an ODQ match, but he hit him with a sledgehammer to win, yet he shook his hand anyway. And it's not like Triple H went babyface. He was later on in the show, only like an hour later, you know, <laughs> healing up in the ring. So it also, I just think it didn't make sense. Like that, that didn't make any it sense. It also the whole thing about this whole match. This is like it started at Survivor Series. Yes, and then everyone thought it was gonna be this big thing. Sting cost Triple H's job. Triple H comes back in a month, which makes no sense. There's the first flaw. There's the first flaw. So then Triple H is pissed. Triple H supposed to be pissed that previous on Raw he put his hands on Stephanie. Mm-hmm. So why after the match would he shake his hand? If he cost him his job and put his hands on his wife. I just think, like, the whole thing was Triple H was so pissed at Sting, like, he was going to kick Sting's ass. Mm-hmm. And Sting was like, I'm going to kick your ass. And then, then there was, like, 
Like, shake your hands and, like, NWO yeah. and DX shake their hands. And well, like... I, think that, I think that what they were trying to do, <laughs> I get what they are trying to do, the closure of the Monday Yeah, Wars, exactly. It was great. That's probably why I enjoyed it, because you get two of the greatest factions in both companies' history in, the, just, in the same ring at the same time. And they just end the whole WWE. Yeah, I, I get what they're doing, but, yeah, like, the build to it doesn't make any sense. And like John was saying, this company isn't about logic, but... Obviously. I don't know, it didn't make any sense from that standpoint, but... for Roman Reigns to win the Royal Rumble, but... Yeah, that too, because he just wasn't ready. I mean, we said that a million times, but... But um, I don't know. I feel like I, I don't know if their logic was with with Triple H winning that WWE is better than WCW. And if that's the case, it's so stupid because no one cares. It's 15 years later, and I feel like too maybe people would have hated like not cared about DX and NWO being in the same ring if they weren't a huge Attitude Era fan. I'm not a huge Attitude Era fan. I'm not saying they should bring it back. Then again, I've only been watching like for five, six, seven years, so I wasn't you know, didn't grow back up at that time. But even then, even though I'm not the biggest Attitude Era mark, so to speak, I still like the moment. Just the handshake, I feel like it could have done without it. I mean, they didn't really yeah. add anything. I know they were trying to maybe make up for Sting's loss, but I, I don't know. Maybe I, I feel like it didn't really matter too much. I get what they were trying to do, but then again, it just didn't really make that much sense. But I, Go ahead. No, you, you didn't go to him. There's nothing major. Okay, okay. So, John, <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on the finish of the match and the post-match handshake from Triple H and Sting. Well, I know better than to question the logic of uh, Vincent K. McMahon. The man that I thought was out of touch just put together one of the greatest WrestleManias I can, I've seen as a fan. So uh, the, as far as the finish, I don't know who booked it. I don't know what the what their logic was. You guys make some good points in that. This is one of the most heated rivalries going into Mania. So the, uh, the shaking of the hands at the end of the bout kind of seems like a cop-out. You know, staying calls Triple H's job. They had a crazy stare down a fast lane and then of course Sting put his hands on Stephanie and and the, the shake from the hands did it might have been a cop out but I, I like to believe that you know uh, in competition comes respect alright The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin two of the bit, most bitter rivals of all time they, they compete at WrestleMania 19 in a crazy hellacious match at the end of the night they shake hands I mean Sting Triple H might have been a little more heated than that but you know competition brings guys together. I, I, I personally liked the shaking of the hands. I thought it brought closure to the rivalry. Now we won't be expecting a rematch of Extreme Rules. Now Triple H doesn't have to focus on Sting. In fact, it was probably good because later that night, it seemed as though he's opening doors with The Rock for the future. So the fact that you know they had the match, they put the moment out there, and they closed it up and packaged it and shipped it away, it was good. It was clean. It was the, the fact that we were no longer expecting anything more from that program I think it was well executed. It, it could have been better. I mean, the, the, there are so many things that could be better. But, I mean, for what it was, I, I was a fan. But I have something. To, off the handshake, when you compared Austin and Rock, I think it was more made sense for them because everyone knew it was Austin's last match going in. So I feel it was like a respect thing, like Rock, like the, your last match, shake hands. How do, we know, really... how do we know that wasn't Sting's last match? I mean, we don't. But he's still, I mean, pro, he's still technically like... The promo like, he gave on Raw was a hinting towards the match, but I mean, for all we know, that could have been Sting's last match. And I get it. Every, the the rumor in the air in 2003 was that that was Austin's last match. Uh, but still, I mean, if you're, if you're going solely off logic, and like if you're going off kayfabe logic, Austin and Rock shaking hands makes about as much sense as Sting and Triple H shaking hands. I mean, Austin and Rock were the most bitter rivals of the Attitude Era. So them shaking hands kind of closed off the Attitude Era, really. I mean, I know the Attitude Era really ended in about 2001, 2002, but, I mean, them shaking hands in early 2003 was kind of a stamp on their rivalry, saying, all right, this is it. We're focusing on new and better things. There are going to be new adventures ahead of us. This is a great program, but it's done. Boom. 
kind of doing the same thing with Sting and Triple H. Now, I, I mean, the, the handshake wasn't perfect. I, I mean, they, maybe they could have done without it, but uh, I think that when you when you really when it really boils down to uh, the quintessential uh, logic of the program, Sting and Triple H shaking hands, it, it might not be the most logical thing to do, but I mean, Austin and Rock shaking hands from a kayfabe standpoint makes makes little sense too. So I mean. I'm not saying I, did, I just like the Rock and Austin shaking hands. I mean, that was an awesome moment for uh, the history of the WWE. But, I mean, if you, you got to look at it from yeah. all angles. I, I think also off the handshake, I think it's kind of similar to Rock and Hogan at 18 when they shook hands. Exactly. Going, going out throughout 2002, freaking, they did the freaking 18 whale into the ambulance, pretty much like kill the Rock and like shake hands. And, yeah, it's Iconocum. Iconocum, but I kind of think like, they kind of built off that because after like the NWO, Hogan turned, NWO turned on Hogan yeah. after the handshake, so like That's the, it kind of made more sense. Yeah, but Hogan it's kind of the same that. thing. Like Triple H they had like a it. bad build, like they hated each other, but then like yeah. after the respect of the match, like they shook hands. But that I can see. I, I wasn't like I didn't really care. They shook hands. I yeah, know. but John, I'll ask you this: Do you feel like the finish of Triple H going over was necessary? Um, no, I don't. I, I originally predicted Shane to go over. Uh, I. One thought went through my head before the match went on was that, wow, Triple H, uh, his last win was at WrestleMania 29. His win-loss record isn't great at WrestleMania. He lost at 30. He uh, lost at 28, 27, uh, 24, 20, was that 22, 21, 20. I mean, he, he's, he's not the greatest performer on the grand stage. So what thought that went through my mind was like, Triple H is kind of due for a WrestleMania win here. So that was that – was, uh, that was a thought that went through my mind. I don't think it was necessary. I mean, sure, it gives uh, Triple H a little more credibility if, in fact, he is going up against The Rock in the near future. Uh, it it kind of makes him look like he, you know, he, he means business out in the ring. Uh, but, I mean, at the end of the day, Triple H loses to Sting. Sting isn't going to be on Raw every Monday, whereas Triple H is. So Triple H could easily uh, rebuild that heat with the fans and uh, rebuild the credibility. I mean, he could do that anytime on USA Network, eight o'clock to eleven o'clock every Monday. He can get the he can get that heat back if he lost a Sting. Sting lost. Sure, it wasn't clean, but uh, I mean, that's a, that that would stand out. That stands out a lot more than if Triple H lost a Sting. I mean, Sting's first match, no one was expecting to lose except for RJ. So, uh, <laughs> I I think that it wasn't it wasn't necessary. But I mean, I'm not complaining. Like I said at the start of the show, I thought that everything about this WrestleMania was done perfectly. I really do. I got no complaints about the show. That's probably why I didn't mind it as much, because everything else we got at the end of the night was great. So I feel like, you know, one small thing that could have bothered me with Sting losing was not a major deal. And like I said, I enjoyed the match. It wasn't a big deal at all. But So that was that. Divas action up next. We'll just make it quick. Uh, AJ and Paige beating the Bell Twins. RJ, any thoughts? Yeah, good for how much time was given to them. Yeah, like for like seven minutes. Yeah. 6.42. It was what it was for six minutes and 42 seconds. Exactly. John, any thoughts on the Divas match? I was hoping that they would go longer, but they didn't. Uh, it was a tag team match, so I wasn't expecting a five-star classic. I mean, it was just, you know, AJ wasn't even in the match for most of the time. I was kind of mad she got the win over Paige, who probably could have used it a little bit more. But uh, like I already said, it was good for what it was. Uh, I, re- I read multiple reports that they're revamping the Divas division in a big way. They are going balls to the wall, making sure this thing is, is successful. Uh, and if they are in fact doing that, I don't think this was a good start. The match was like, don't get me wrong, the match was good, but they could have done a lot better. That kidding could have got chopped off the cards for that match to go maybe seven more minutes. So yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, the whole card was rushed. I mean, it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel like it was rushed at all. But you look at the – there was a stat the other day that said um, that no match exceeded, like, what, 18 minutes or something like that with the exception the of the main event? The minute was Triple H and Sting with 18 minutes and 36 seconds. Exactly. So nothing went longer than that, which is probably like a WrestleMania first right there with the exception of, like, the early WrestleManias. But you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that was a little surprising. Would I hope they got more time. But on the bright side – a good match for the time that it was allotted, and it didn't get kicked off the show. They didn't get, you know, no... I think that's why the other ones are bumped to the pre-show. They yeah. They have the Divas not go on. Now, especially in light of everything that's recently yeah. happened. And no better time, too. I thought the induction of Medusa, London Blaze, whatever, on Saturday night was really, really good. She was talking about the you know the women's wrestling, how it should be, you know, enhanced, whatever. So I thought the timing was really good, and they had a good match last night on Raw 2. So that was that. Up next, John Cena versus Rusev. The United States Championship. Um, John Cena coming out victorious as your new United States Champion. Personally, I thought it was a fine match. It was a good match. Um, you know, just a few notes before we get to John here. I didn't think it was better than their fast lane match. I didn't think it was as good as Cena Ambrose in the next night. Cena winning the belt did not bother me because I saw it coming from. We all saw it coming from like you know August. We all knew this was going to happen, so I wasn't mad about that. And the other, they had other heels go over on the show, so I was not mad about that at all. Just Rusev got you know one AA and it was done. Like I felt like there was it, it left something to be desired, but it was what it was. But um, John, what were your thoughts on Cena Rusev from WrestleMania? I mean, I was not one of those people who saw this coming from a mile away. I was one of the people in the minority who thought, well, you know, WWE can't make the same mistake twice. I mean, they ruined Bray Wyatt last year. Cena does not need the win at WrestleMania. If we're going back to stats, which you really shouldn't in the world of sports entertainment, but just if you want to be creative, go back to stats. Cena's won 30, 29, 20, uh, 26, 25, 23, 22, 21, 20. I mean, he's got, he's got wins up and down the, up and down the books. Uh, so he, like I said, he doesn't need the win. Whereas Rusev, his very first WrestleMania would it would make his career if he successfully defended the United States uh, title against John Cena. Uh, they didn't go with that. They didn't take that route. Um, I was I was disappointed, but I mean, one of my mantras for the show was that I wasn't going to have my expectations supersede what we were given. So I wasn't going to have you know every, all my hopes and prayers. Uh, impending on the show. So what I was given was what I was what I enjoyed. The match was the match. Like you said, it, it felt like a, a Monday Night Raw match. I mean, even Dean Ambrose took two attitude adjustments last night at Raw. <laughs> Rus- Rusev got beat with one. Um, so and honestly, this this is a positive takeaway. Cena is the biggest finisher junkie in the business. If he could if he could call a match that is sixteen attitude adjustments to get the pin, he would. Uh, so the fact that we only got one might have been a little breath of fresh air. I mean, if you go back to seeing a rock, that's, there were like three finishers per. I mean, even Bray Wyatt took like three attitude adjustments last year. So uh, Rusev uh, only taking one. I mean, it, it didn't make Rusev look strong, but it kind of showed that maybe uh, kind of seen as changing his ways in the ring. But like I said, it was a good match for what it was, uh, and I wasn't expecting anything. I wasn't. I, I didn't want my expectations to supersede what I was given. So what I was given was what I enjoyed, and um, I hope that they can really, 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 really keep the heat on Rusev. He, he squashed Goldust last night on Monday Night Raw. So I hope that they don't just like have nothing going on for him uh, at Extreme Rules. I would think they would do the rematch for him and John Cena Extreme Rules, but you never know what they'll do. As long as he's not thrown into thrown into Carlito, I'll be fine. 
Exactly. I mean, I feel like with Rusev, and I mean, I read today, this has been obvious from like the get-go, that Vince is very high on Lana. That you get the feeling they might split them up, which should not happen at all. I mean, there's no real reason for it. Lana, I mean, she'll be fine on her own. Rusev will not. She lose, He loses his streak, the title, and his girl. He is done. So there is no reason to do that. But, um... Yeah, like I said, I wasn't mad about Cena winning because, like I said, we, we most of us saw it coming, and it was not. I mean, we all knew there was a realistic possibility of Rusev winning. I'll say that much. So I wasn't mad about that. It was just the way that it went down. The match was good, but it could have been better, as we saw from Fastlane. And I don't know. I was not excited for it going in. Maybe that was what it was. And as long as the aftermath is there with Rusev, then I'm fine with it. And we won't know for a while, but still. I just from- want to shout out a little disclosure before you continue. Go ahead. Uh, anything, anything that we're um, kind of thing that's negative about this WrestleMania is literally nitpicking. I mean, this show on the whole was amazing. So anything that sounds like we're like really not enjoying, I mean, it was, it's it's literally nitpicking what we're doing. Like for what we got, it was an amazing show. But I mean, there's just some small tweaks that would have made the show even better than what it was. I just wanted to put that out for those listening. No, exactly. I mean, I said yesterday on Twitter that there was really nothing on the show that angered me. I felt like there was something that could have been done better. But, I mean, there was nothing that made me furious, like with, I don't know, last year. I'm not, I don't know, I can't compare it to past years right now anyway, but there was nothing on the show that really bothered me. But that being said, RJ, you were not happy with Cena winning, saying, F you, Cena at the TV, which was pretty funny. Um, you echoed my thoughts there. But what were, you, what were your thoughts on Rusev versus Cena? It, it just reminded me of last year so much. I yes, think very parallel. They both were built so strong that as the competitor to Cena, and they both lose. Uh, like you said, Fastlane match, in my opinion, was better than this one. Um, Rusev getting beat with one AA really ticked me off. I thought that was just like, let him kick out a one. Make him look so much strong. Guy freaking lose a one AA. And it just, I think people, all the people kept saying was, oh, Cena needs to win the title because it makes it better. The title was good with Rusev on it. He held it for, I don't know how many months he had it for. Since November, yeah. Since November. About four months. Yeah, so four he months. had it for four months, beat everyone in his path. I'm not saying he beat the greatest people. It'd be Big Show, Mark Henry, Jack Swagger. Swagger Big E. Yeah. Big E, like all these randoms. And then he beat <laughs> Cena, though. He beat Cena Fastlane. Yes, yes. So that's one. The title was good at that point. Think if he beat Cena again at WrestleMania in his biggest match of his career. It would have made the title even more prestigious. Just because Cena wins it doesn't make it that much better. I just think that they could have kept on Rusev because now that without the streak, they just like, oh, he's just going to beat everyone's ass now. And, like, I just don't see him going to the main event. But then if he loses the scene again, then where does that put him? Ever, like, because then, like, he wouldn't be entitled for Intercontinental Championship matches. He just lost United States Championship matches twice. He's not going to go to the main event because Rollins is a heel and he's just not, not going to go to the main event. It just wouldn't make RJ, sense. RJ, I have a question. I have a question. Yes. What, what would you have thought about Cena winning by, like, count-out at WrestleMania and then going to Extreme Rules, say, in a steel cage and him winning by way of escape, the new United States champion? How would you thought about that? I just think the title should have been a Rusev either way. I don't think Cena should have beat him once. Just end the so feud with Rusev winning. End it with Rusev winning. Even if Cena beat, took the United States championship by way of not pinning Rusev, that would have been cool. Um... I don't know. I, feel I just like, think he was put so strong, and now he's so undefeated. And like he beat Cena the month before, so I was like, it gave us the hope that he might win, and then just loses the trip Cena. Like, like I said, if he loses again, then he's gonna be put in the mid card shuffle with everyone else that has no direction. Because exactly. if he loses the Cena, what are they gonna say? Like, oh, he's in the main event again? No. Like, exactly. you just can't. 
yeah. It's kind of like they kind of did that with Bray Wyatt last year. Like he was in the mid card, but then Jericho came back. So then like they had something for him, and then he beat you, and then like he left and he came back. Like he had the loss killed him in the end run. Because then he won Extreme Rules in the worst match of all time. Then he legit got buried by at Cena and Payback. And then Battlegrounds fought Battlegrounds. He fought Jericho. Yes. And then, he was, and then he was part of the Money in the Bank, but a he was part afterthought, of a, a complete, complete afterthought and then fought Jericho again. I just think they should have kept Rusev undefeated and just kept him going. Obviously, he's going to lose. I think, obviously, that's his whole saving grace was him undefeated. So him losing kind of, like, saves to get rid of that. But, like... I feel like over the last couple of years, people have been undefeated. Once they lose, it's like you're done for. It just feels like Umaga all over again. I don't know. I feel like it's, with Umaga, it's not like the next night he went back to losing to everybody. He was, you know, he didn't lose very often after he lost to Cena in that great match at Royal Rumble or but New he Year's Rumble. Wasn't, he wasn't who he was before. He was not the same. They had to relegate him to the mid card. He won the IC title belt. I mean, that is the night. He, he, he already had a mid card belt. But you know what I mean, though? Like, he was never that same level. And then he was gone. It's not going to be like Vladimir Kozlov where he loses his first match. He's not on WrestleMania. You know what I mean? It's not like that at all. Because Rusev's well, really, really good. Greg, the difference between Umaga and Rusev is that Umaga was thrusted immediately into the main event scene. I mean, it wasn't long after he debuted that he was chasing the title. And Rusev has had a pretty gradual build. Like RJ said, he took on a lot of randoms over 2014. It's not like he walked in the door and said, Randy Orton, I want you. Brock Lesnar, I want you. I mean, whereas Umaga took a very different approach. Sure, he squashed some jobbers, but it wasn't long after his uh, debut that he was chasing the title. Rusev, I think, has had a better build, a more sustainable build. And the fact that, you know, he has he has legitimate heat and that Umaga couldn't, Umaga couldn't talk by himself. He had Armando Estrada. And so even if Umaga wanted to get heat on, on himself, he couldn't. But Rusev has this legitimate heat uh, with uh, – the down down with America program he's got going. Umaga never had anything bad to say about America. Rusev, at any point in his career, can get back into the main event scene or even the high mid card scene by just doing what he's doing, saying death to Americans or whatever you want to say. Russia is better. I mean, Rusev has legitimate heat for the rest of his career. Umaga wasn't. I mean, as as great as Umaga was, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't perfect in that he, he couldn't always defend himself. He couldn't defend his heat. He, he, he never he never talked on the microphone. Uh, so I think that Roos, as, as similar as they are, and that they were built like monsters, and that they had undefeated troops, I think Rusev is a lot more sustainable as a monster heel than Umaga was. I agree, I agree with that. I agree with that a ton. I, like you said, Umaga just got thrown in right away. Couldn't talk. Couldn't keep his heat on him. Not right but, away. Not right away, but I think... The thing with the Rusev build is I think they've learned their mistakes over the past. And people they want to like eventually push, like people like Swagger and them and Del Rio and Sheamus. Way Bear and all them. They were pushed right into the main event yeah. scene, and then once you lose to John Cena, you're just all the way down. At least it's like mid card, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But still, I think like you said, Rusev is way over where Umaga and like Vladimir Kozlov ever were. Like he had a title, he had his heat. He's still heat on him. I just don't know how far like. The Russia hating United States gimmick. I don't think it can go on for years and years and years. I think they need to like maybe tweak it a little bit, but I think Yeah, that's exactly it. Him like I said, the heat will continue to build on him. 
I feel like with Umaga, the issue with Umaga was that he never evolved as a performer. Like you said, that's why he never really went anywhere. He wasn't thrust immediately, because he, like Rusev, and this is what I'm saying, the, the, the comparison here, he debuted the night after WrestleMania. I think he beat up Flair. He beat up Flair, and then he did some stuff over the summer, and then he got the title match at, what, WrestleMania or something like that? Not at WrestleMania, I'm sorry, like in January. Royal like Rumble. The, the Rumble, yeah. So <laughs> New not, Year's Revolution. Yeah, New Year's Revolution, then he got the title shot of the Rumble. So not that big of a difference, but with, um, with Rusev, he has a better an all-around package like he can talk the look is not like main event performer but neither did umaga and i feel like they can continue to build off that you know yeah but i just think him losing was not the best choice yeah maybe i don't know yeah. i feel like the cena too i feel like it could have been you know if it was ryback I, I mean i know i keep on going back to this but i feel like if it was ryback it would have meant more people would have popped and Ryback, what's, what was he doing at WrestleMania? I know he had a good showing in the, in the Battle Royal, but it could have been a lot better. So, I don't know what you would have done with Cena. Instead, he's running out of fresh opponents, but just, I don't know. I just think, like, Cena can afford to lose because he's John Cena. Like, he can exactly. Lose, he can lose Fastlane, WrestleMania, Extreme Rules, and then, like, Payback could be in the main event. Like, that's someone, like, they don't need to keep building up. He's already the man. Like, he's already as high as they can. They don't need to keep building him up. When you have Rusev, he needs to keep winning and keep his heat on him. Him squashing Goldust is nothing for me. Yeah. Like, I just don't want him to be, like, hot and then lose the scene again and then just get lost on the shuffle with everyone else. Yeah. Because, like, he's a good at, but, like, without the championship or, like, anything, like, relevant to him, he's just like, another heat guy that gets heat. Well, last point that I'll make here, too, is that when he beat Wyatt last year at, at WrestleMania... That made no sense because there was nothing on the line. Cena didn't gain anything. Like nothing good came. His legacy. His, his, his legacy. legacy. Right. His legacy, as Eminem would say. Nothing good came out of that. At least with this, the only positive is that. I mean, I know the U.S. title already meant something, but I feel like with him as champion, it will mean even more. You know. So I feel like there is some positive because they want to rebuild the mid card, do a unification match at SummerSlam. What, what would you do if they had Rusev win at Extreme Rules though? Would you want them to keep them keep them doing the feud again? Like they just keep rubber match, rubber no, match. No, 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 no. You have Rusev win Extreme Rules by however he wants to, and then he then Cena moves on. I mean, the, the feud the feuds usually end at Extreme Rules. Yeah, but would that, it be worth Rusev losing at WrestleMania just for the win the title like back? That, that's the same thing with the Big Show and Cody Rhodes from a few years ago. He lo he got his WrestleMania moment, and then he got the belt back a month later, and it didn't mean anything. And Rose's momentum was stopped dead. Remember. So I feel like with Rusev, I see what you mean. I predicted yeah, a while but, ago. I feel. But, go great, ahead. Great, 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 great. Go ahead. Big Star, uh, Cody Rhodes was an undefeated monster with yeah. super, with super, super heat. I mean, if Rusev were to pick up right where he left off, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't mind. And like you've said in the past, a lot of the times undefeated streaks are a bigger infringement yep. on your character yeah. than um than not because I mean a lot of times people just. They're, they're just focusing on the streak and not you as a character or what you even say in the microphone. And when, you're, when your streak's eventually over after it's been so long, a lot, it's working against you. So I think that even though it, I mean, it might have been, it might have been a, a poor decision to have him lose at WrestleMania, if he were to pick right back where he left off, win the United States title at uh, Extreme Rules, the, the, the streak is now behind him. He can focus on just being a monster heel, and that doesn't mean he has to lose every night on Monday Night Raw, but now he can actually have some great programs with you know people who want to come for the United States Championship. Hell, put feed him to Brock Lesnar sometime. I mean, I think he could he could do fine in that role. So, I, like, like I'm just quoting that in 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 the past you've said that uh, the the undefeated streaks are not always the best 
as far as longevity for a character. Yeah, exactly. Like Goldberg, and, and I know this is a, a relevant comparison, but uh, Grimson, or Crimson, I think his name was, over in TNA, who was a bum after. I mean, he wasn't any good anyway. That's a not a good example, but um, yeah, I do agree. Like with Ryback, when he finally lost, it wasn't all about the streak. It wasn't making him a Goldberg ripoff, and they got that out of the way. The aftermath was that was was poor. I think we can all agree on that. But with Rusev, though, um, I, I do feel like they will give him back the belt at Extreme Rules. Which is not the worst thing, but I feel like at this point, you know, you've given Cena the belt, go all the way with it. You know, do the unification title match at SummerSlam with Brian. I think Rusev can go off and do other things, and he'll be fine. If he feuds with, I don't know, Dean Ambrose, another guy that's over, I'm fine with that. I, don't, I mean, at this point, would it make his WrestleMania win irrelevant? Is WrestleMania loss irrelevant? Maybe. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, we can't say until it happens. Like with Ryback, with Wyatt, like he got his win back, but did it mean anything? No, because the match sucked. Um, so that being said, I feel like at this point, put the belt on Cena and then just go all the way to SummerSlam with it. The, the, the other issue is, is if Rusev loses again, yes, he could wrestle with Dean Ambrose. What other baby faces that are over enough after Ambrose but they have him feud with is the real issue. I think... Champion or not. Champion or not is the main... Exactly. I think even if he was a champion, obviously it would still be hard because there's not that many fresh mid-card baby faces anymore. Maybe Ziggler too. Ziggler too, but... The guy who gets championship... Roman Reigns, but... I know there's a few people, but I mean, it it depends on how he's booked. If he loses and loses and loses, he's not going to... Also, the thing about Roman Reigns is like, he can win and then like, if Rusev wins the title back and then he loses to Rusev, then like... He was built to win the... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just like... Yeah, we're going too we're, far down the rabbit hole. We're going too down the yeah. road. But I hopefully... Hopefully Rusev recovers from this loss. Yeah. That's, that's all we'll say hopefully about it right Hopefully he's right. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. So moving forward, we won't spend too much time on this. Like uh, the Rock and Ra- Ronda Rousey did. They went on a little too long with their segment. But I still thought it was a really good segment. So they come out to confront the authority... And it's just a lot of back and forth. The Rock looking for someone to take down Stephanie. And he brings in Ronda Rousey from the UFC. So a great moment. Crowd pops big. And eventually, after some staring back and forth, she takes down Triple H and wrenches the arm of Stephanie McMahon. That was the end of the segment. Went on for a little longer than it should have. But like I said, that was my only criticism. I thought it was a great moment. Especially if it builds to a match at SummerSlam or WrestleMania, whatever. Um, it could be really, really cool. So, John, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this segment with Rock Rousey and the Authority? In my opinion, this was the greatest segment of the night. And I mean that wholeheartedly. You could get rid of any other segment from that show. This is going to be a controversial statement. You can get rid of any other segment from that show, and I would not be as mad as if you got rid of the Rock Rousey, Triple H, Stephanie uh, segment that happened on Sunday. I mean, hell, if if Lesnar or Reigns won Queen, I wouldn't be as mad as if Rock and Ronda Rousey did not have that win at WrestleMania. I didn't. I mean, that was the other than Rollins cashing in, which which almost equals my excitement for Rock and Ronda Rousey. I was marking out so hard when The Rock just you know slowly, quietly walks over to the uh, the barricade. You hear the fans chanting Ronda Rousey, and then the camera goes over to her, and the place explodes. I mean, the place goes crazy. She hops over like she's bit. She has the look of, oh, I've been here before. She's the most lethal woman in the world, and it's just so crazy to see her hop into a WWE ring. I mean, she could be a legitimate WWE superstar if she wanted. WWE diva, she could take on the guys. Yeah, superstar, not diva. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. She, could, she could take on the guys. So, I mean, this is this is just crazy to me. I mean, I could only compare this to, like, I, I mean, there are no crazy notable uh, notable uh, like boxers out right now. But, I mean, like, if, 
if you wanted to take like, oh no, who's that uh, one Irish guy? Conor McGregor. UFC. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if he stepped into the WWE ring. I mean, that would that would be equally as mind blowing. I mean, that's what it was for me. It was just like, holy crap! Like this is legitimate. Like this is Ronda freaking Rousey, and she's in the ring. I mean, I, you don't understand it. The mainstream overall that that moment got the most mainstream attention out of any other segment in the night. Sure, it went on a, a tad long, but I was marking after the entire segment. So I mean, that that was just that was the highlight of the night for me, without a doubt. It was well made worth it. I mean, I know, like I said, it went on a little long. I mean, it didn't even feel like cause they were rushing by the end. They didn't do the in-ring introductions for Taker or Wyatt. I think they did for the main event. I can't remember. But um, it didn't feel like at 29 with Cena and Rock that they were going, one, two, kick it, one, two, kick it, like all that rushing. It didn't feel like that at all, and we'll get to that in a minute. But the segment itself, I thought it was really, really cool. Like you said, never in a million years did I think Ronda Rousey would be in the ring. And Dana White tweeted out like some emoji or something, and people thought that he had nothing to do with it. I guess he did, because I guess from what I read today, Rock and Rousey share the same agent, and they had to go through him, and they talked to Dana, so it was okay. But, um, you know, never in the past, aside from maybe like one or two instances, have we seen a UFC fighter in a WWE ring. Like, that's unprecedented. It's like almost the equivalent of WWE and TNA. But, you know, and, and, and you know, Vince and Dana aren't the best of friends. It's not like... You know, the two. I don't care what Vince says. I feel like that is competition. UFC is the WWE, but I thought it was a great moment. And the only thing that would have made it better is if Ronda Rousey demolished Stephanie instead of just wrenching her arm and letting her go. But I feel like if there is a follow up to this in a match at SummerSlam or WrestleMania next year, then we will get that moment. So RJ, what were your thoughts on the segment? I thought the segment was good. I think it was like you said, it went a little long. Um, at first, like when I said, I thought it was going to be just like another authority pro, uh, yeah, like that was, I was like, I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to come glow. Like this could have been done in raw. (laughs) Raw comes out. Like they tease that. Then Ron Rousey comes in. I'm a pretty big UFC fan. So it was pretty nice to see Ron Rousey come in. The only issue I have with the segment at all is like, yeah, she did the thing with rock. But thing is, I feel like since she's so high up in UFC, a match with her in WWE may be hard to get. Dana White would maybe make a big amends of not having her compete because her obviously she hip tossed Triple H Triple something H, like that. Yeah. It's nothing major. Her in a legit match, she's a champion. Her getting hurt, she's the biggest fighter. Even now the guys probably the biggest fighter in the UFC right now. Yep. And she's the champion. They can't really afford her to get hurt because she's she fights way more than any other champion does. She fight she fought like two fights already this year and like the span of like um, two months something like that. Her getting hurt would. Damaged them way much. Exactly, I think. Yeah. I think obviously the segment was good. I think the pe- the segment was good, but they need a payoff. Like she does need a match with them. I think they that's probably in the books. But like I said, like I don't know if the UFC will let her do that. I think that would probably be the biggest dispute. I think she'd want to well, do that because her and well, Rock. Well, Ronda Rousey tweeted. I don't know if you saw this. She said it's just getting started. We've just started. So I mean that was my biggest. That, that that's what got me excited. I mean, yeah. if you were to put if you were to put these guys in a ring. As prestigious as SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Rumble, as prestigious as they all are, that would have to take place at WrestleMania, no matter what. Ronda Rousey going against Stephanie McMahon, or even a tag team match, Rock and Ronda versus Triple H and Steph, that would have to happen on WrestleMania. That would be that would draw so many numbers. The buy rates would be ridiculous. The subscriptions for the WWE Network through the roof. That has to happen at WrestleMania 32. But do you think the UFC maybe not let her wrestle at WrestleMania? I mean, I th- that could definitely 
definitely. I think be, that would be the biggest. That would be a factor. The biggest fact of her not fighting. Also, yeah. I wouldn't want to see her versus Stephanie because, like, it, logically, you know, she's she freaking destroy it. Has to be so it has to be a tag team. It yeah. has to be like yeah. Rock and Rousey versus Triple H and Steph. I think yeah. that's a definite. I don't. I don't think them in a ring. And I mean, I'm sure the UFC would have mind. Like, like you said, let's say it's a tag team match at WrestleMania 32. A, a tag team match is not a 30 minute five star brawl. Yeah. If, if you're giving her, you know, just the hot tag at WrestleMania 32, have her knock out Triple H and pin Triple H. I mean, that would go. That she, I, I, there's not a lot of ways you can get hurt if you just get the hot tag and get the pin. It's got to be um, more of an angle, yeah. Also, like I, I think that, like you said, I think that would be perfect. Like, don't want to get hurt. Just comes in, just does like a judo toss, pins every man. But also, I think of that, like that's competition for USA. Yeah. So would you want your exactly. biggest star on their biggest show getting all this mainstream attention over your product? They're gonna. Well, be maybe, gonna... maybe this is the blossoming of a new relationship between the UFC and Vince McMahon. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Dana White and him do not get along at all. They, they are very much alike. And here's what I'm thinking: because Brock, you know, for the first time since he went, since he came back three years ago, almost exactly a year ago from now, or three years ago from tomorrow. <laughs> I remember the day. It was in a, a magical moment. Or three years ago from from Thursday. April April 2nd. There you go. April 2nd. A magical Raw moment. One of my favorite returns of all time. But here's the thing, though. Re Vince and Dana are very much similar in the sense that when Brock first came back, he wanted to do a schedule where he could fight for UFC and do WWE at the same time. Obviously, an obvious no-go considering how, you know, how hurt you can get in either profession. So they didn't want to do that. He probably wanted to do that this time. No chance of that happening. So he re-signed with WWE. So if Vince wouldn't allow that to happen, I don't think it's going to happen with Dana on the other end. So unless if it's more of an angle than a match, I could see it happening. But um, I don't know. I don't know why Dana would allow this and then say, and then you know, um, you know, have how have Ronda kind of play it up and say, you know, have Ronda say that there's more to it. Yeah, but she how do you know he said, said that? How do you know he let her say that? She could just say it herself. Uh, that's she's that's a, exactly. She's a celebrity. It. She she knows better. That if she wasn't allowed to fight in the in, in the WWE to perform in the WWE, there's no way she would tweet that. There's no Rock way too. That. Rock too. He teased it very heavily on his Twitter. He said, you know, there, there, there's more of Rock and Rousey to come. There was Ooh. no way that they would have teased it more. There, that, that, no could be, that could be to the new movie allowed. coming out. No that could be something like that. I don't know. I just think, like you said, Dana White, I, I, I feel like he has resentment because he think he really wanted Lesnar to come back because he's done the best buys ever for UFC. Yeah. So I think he is pissed because WWE gave him the deal. They got him twice over the UFC. So I think he might have resentment for the WWE and then like seeing how Ronda gave them so much mainstream attention that maybe he's like, you know what, I'm not letting you wrestle. It's a one-sided deal for it, WWE. It, it, anything's possible. I think I would want to see it happen, but I think like that would be the biggest split between the two. How would it benefit UFC in any manner, like None. you said? So it's got to be like, remember like with TNA um, a couple years ago when they let Ric Flair go to the Hall of Fame at 28 and they let Christian go on like SummerSlam a couple months later? Unprecedented, never done before, never done again. Slammiversary, Slammiversary. Slam, what did I say? Summer Slam. Summer Slam, yeah, Slammiversary, sorry. Um, so maybe we see something like that where they give us Ronda for one night and then they we give them, I don't know, I don't know what you could do because it, it, it's UFC, so you can't do like an angle or something. So I don't know what you would do, but I feel like there has to be some sort of trade-off. You can't just give well, us Ronda and nothing well, in return. Buy, why can't we buy out a contract for a night? I don't know because I feel like UFC doesn't benefit because people would. I mean, I know it's I know it's free exposure, and, and you know what? For in a way, maybe too, because they, they didn't say you know this great fighter Ronda Rousey. They you know they very much came out and said UFC bantamweight heavyweight champion um, Ronda Rousey. They just flat out said it like they said it a couple times. They put it on the nameplate. 
you know, Brock's been doing this since he came back in 2012. But they always say, former UFC champion. Before that, they never mentioned the UFC. So, I don't know if it's the dawning of a new relationship, but maybe that also, was the trade-off there. The thing is also, like, the women, because, like, when she fights, usually, like, even though she's a big star, like, they don't get the best buy rates, because who, who wants to pay for Von Rose to kick some girl's ass and stream online? Like, I think, I, I just think, like I said, I think it's going to be the relationship between Dana and Vince that would make this not happen. It's That's going to be it, yeah. It's nothing else. I feel like it's all between. It's all up to Dana, pretty much. Vince yeah. is going to let it happen. It's it's his money signs yeah. in his eyes. Exactly. It's all up to Dana. Dana so hopefully, hopefully he will make the right decision. But we get to our final two matches here. The Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt. RJ, I'll start with you. The Undertaker going over. What were your thoughts on the match? I thought the match was, it was okay. I don't think it was, I didn't expect it to be good, so it was okay. I think Wyatt should went over, but that's rant for another day. I th- what? Wyatt going over? He had to go over. He was the new, Art, the story Art they were day. telling him no was as, as the new face no of fear. Way. Yes way. It's a lose. It was a lose lose. We can go away. on no about this. Of, of the of Why? the two, of, this, of the two, was, Undertaker had to win. Same thing. With, no, this is the same thing with Sting and Triple H. How Triple H is every Monday from eight to eleven to rebuild his heat. Undertaker has one night a year. Why will do fine? He has been. He has had the greatest run ever since he like re re uh, since he came back at uh, Hell in a Cell. He has he's had the greatest run of any star in the company. He is beautiful, being beautifully booked. The loss was a loss, but he'll he'll gain that he he'll gain that momentum back. You cannot, you cannot have the man who for twenty one years never at so much even came close to getting a loss at WrestleMania, to have him lose two years in a row to Bray Wyatt, a man who who is great but has not even established himself yet as someone who could even be thought of being the Undertaker. I thought Bray Wyatt did a great job bringing this segment to fruition, bringing this program into fruition. His, um, his, pro- his promos were beautiful. They are pieces of art. But at the end of the day, there's no way Bray Wyatt should be the Undertaker. Shame on you, RJ. <laughs> Bray Wyatt should win over hands down. Here's the thing. Uh, My <laughs> issue with Bray Wyatt losing last year is the reason why he should have won this year. I think, yeah, he lost last year when he should have won. It would have made way more sense winning last year. He had his run, but lost in the shuffle at the end of the year. Leaves comes back. He was good. They built him up again high, but then he's going to lose again, and he can't get that win back over Undertaker. And if he beat Undertaker, then it would solidify him as, like, the new Undertaker or, like, face of fear, whatever the hell they're calling it. And Undertaker, if he lost, then, like, him and Sting would kind of make sense for next year because Sting lost and he lost. Obviously, I think, obviously, it's Undertaker versus St- uh, Wyatt, but I think Wyatt needed, needed the win more. I think he needed to win more, in my opinion. RJ, 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 RJ. If you were Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole, or JBL, and you were sitting in Levi Stadium this past Sunday, and you see The Undertaker for the second year in a row, get his shoulders pinned to the mat, one, two, three, how the hell would you call that? Because I have no idea how I would. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, um, my name is Michael Cole, and for the second year in a row, you're watching The Undertaker lose. Um, we got nothing to say right now. They didn't now. say anything this last year either. Yeah, they, Terrible call, last yeah. year was the first time. The Undertaker, 21 years, two decades, no one beat him at WrestleMania. You're telling me Bray Wyatt's going to come? I mean, Les, like, I don't want to sound like a like a big guy kind of, uh, like, oh, only Lesnar is realistic in beating, hell, Daniel Bryan beating The Undertaker. As much as I would love that because I love Daniel Bryan, that would be, no, like, no, that can't happen. I mean, the, uh, if you want to have Bray Wyatt beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, 
go for it. That sounds awesome. New face of fear, Bray Wyatt. Undertaker loses to Brock Lesnar, isn't seen for 365 days, and then loses to Bray Wyatt. Get out of here. No way. Yeah, but okay, so say that you're saying he can't lose to Bray Wyatt. Say they have a next year, Sting and Undertaker. Sting wins. What does that do with Undertaker? Then you two losses. It wouldn't matter. If Sting loses, either Undertaker has to lose one at a time. He lost once. The streak's see, over. See, People what, need to what, get out of the streak. If he loses to Bray Wyatt, they can say he's on his way out. He's done. Undertaker's he's retired. He's going to leave next night on Raw. I think I'm going to retire. Sting comes out, makes that match. One more match, but, that's but, it. But Undertaker winning does not benefit Wyatt at all. He can't get that win back. Another year WrestleMania, he lost, and people are going to remember him losing again. All right. And he wasn't even on Raw last night because he's hurt, and he's hurt now. So now he's not even wrestling again. All right, yeah, he's hurt. It's not not like he wasn't on Raw because they had no direction for him. If he wasn't hurt, he would have been on Raw. All right. But like I said, The Undertaker has zero public opportunities to gain any heat back. I mean, he never even came out and so much as even hinted as to what his thoughts were after losing to Brock Lesnar. He's never publicly said anything about the streak being defeated. So then what makes you think, losing two times in a row, he could come back and be like, hey guys, I know I've been the phenom for 21 years, but yeah, there were two flukes two years in a row. Sorry, I'll get him next year when I say Sting. Like, no, there's no way that could happen. Bray Wyatt has every, he has 52 weeks right now. Mark your calendar. 52 weeks until WrestleMania to become a badass heel, and he can win a match next year. He has not even come close to earning a, a victory over The Undertaker. Oh, my goodness. And you know what you do at WrestleMania 32? You don't have either Sting or The Undertaker lose. You have a last-man-standing match between Sting and The Undertaker, and neither man can get to the 10 count. And then both of them go out double uh, in a draw. They walk out with their arms around each other, and that is the end. You don't have either of them win. That is how you book it. Okay. I don't know. I just think Wyatt has no credibility. He's never won a title. He loses at WrestleMania Cena. He loses again to Undertaker. Where does that put him now? He's kind of, they have him kind of as main event guy, but he's just never done anything. Like, him losing what? again, and him, like, what's he going to do now? Who's he going to wrestle now? He already did Dean he Ambrose. Spent, what other spent, baby face is he going to wrestle? He spent the entire winter slapping around Dean Ambrose. Okay, okay. Dean Ambrose. Uh, like, all right, so, like, yeah, he, he looks like a monster heel all winter. A one loss to The Undertaker isn't going to ruin his career. I'm sure that I'm sure they have something planned for him right now that will put him right back into the thick of it. You guys are talking about how John Cena's a mid-carder now. Why don't you give him a win over John Cena? Hell, I've never seen happen. Bray Wyatt. I, I've never seen Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton do anything. Why don't you give him a win over Randy Orton? You can get Bray Wyatt back to where he was so easily. They didn't if do it Undertaker last year. It took him a full year to do it. All right, but I'm sure they're not going to do it two years in a row. If Undertaker loses two years in a row, what do you? What does he say about that? Hey, I'm getting old. Uh, yeah, there's nothing I can do. Uh, sorry, guys. Like, Bray Wyatt can easily put together one of the greatest promos you'll ever hear and instantly have everyone being like, all right, this guy's great. Undertaker, there's no promo in the world that he could do to, to make up for losing two years in a row. I, just, I think why should won. But. All right. So, okay. Um, I'm going to try to go down the middle here. I thought it was a good match. Taker looked a lot better. I think that was something that we did not mention. I thought, I thought he looked a lot better than last year. He wore the pants. He grew his hair back out, thank God. So, he looked terrible last year in his match against Brock Lesnar. A bad match. He looked really bad. Had the streak broken. So, it made sense. It's not like he looked equally bad. He, didn't, he wasn't a superstar in there. We were pointing that out. He did not look great in there. He looked a lot better, though, than last year. So it was realistic that he could win. 
So now with Undertaker winning, you mentioned this during the show, but that could have been anybody. It should have been anybody else. Bray Wyatt was the wrong choice. I know they got their money shot. It was great. I loved it with Wyatt doing the spider walk and then him sitting up. I thought that was great. And But maybe they wanted to do it for that. I have no idea. But I feel like you could have put in Ambrose in there or... I don't know, anyone, not Rusev, but you know what I mean, anyone else in the roster, Ziggler, for all I care, I don't know. This was all. This was only to get you know Undertaker, give his win back, and right now it looks like there's no indication that he will or will not wrestle. He hasn't spoken yet. He should have been on Raw to address it. Like John said, we have not heard Undertaker once since the streak was broken. So it should have been him on Raw talking about it and then do the Sting thing or whatever. But I still think... That um and why it would have benefited it was a lose lose at the end of the day we've talked about this before, but I feel like of the two scenarios Undertaker could not have suffered a second loss because he's you know going twenty one and zero and he could not I don't know I don't know if it would completely diminish Brock Lesnar's victory but I think it would do better if Lesnar was the only one who can say I beat the Undertaker WrestleMania and nobody else. You know, and, and and he was made to look good in defeat, too. So it wasn't like he was, you know, completely squashed with Undertaker hitting all the signature spots and it's over. At least Wyatt had a good match. It wasn't a great match. It was everything that I thought it was going to be. And he looked good in defeat. And even if Wyatt won or lost, we still don't know what's next for him. Even if he won last night, we, we have no idea what's next. And we don't have a babyface champion, so he couldn't be built to look like, you know, face Rollins or whatever, so... Um, I didn't have a huge problem with it because all, all the two people, the right man went over, but that should not have been Wyatt in there to begin with. It should have been Ambrose for all I care. Someone that could have taken the loss and would not have been as bad after what happened last year with Wyatt, like you said, should have never lost a scene in the first place. So those are my two cents on that. So any more thoughts, RJ? I'm still sticking with watching on. Any thoughts, John? I'm all right. <laughs> okay. So move on to the main event here. The WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Seth Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank to win the WWE title in just the most brilliantly booked finish that I have seen from this company in quite some time. If ever, I haven't seen anyone talk about, you know, Rollins cashing in mid-match. You know, that was unprecedented. The first time we've ever had a Money in the Bank winner cashing at WrestleMania almost to the day, 10 years after the invention of of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Everything about this I thought was awesome. Seth Rollins becoming the first member of the Shield to win a world title. Like you said, the first ever NXT champion, RJ. And now the the first NXT alumni to win the, the WWE title. So, I loved it. The match itself between Reigns and Lesnar I thought was great. Um, they, they told a really good story from an in-ring standpoint. It wasn't like a, a spectacle. But they told the right story that they should have gone with. The, the, the main event was not hijacked by the crowd. They did very well by this matchup. I thought it was really, really good. So, um, RJ, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the main event as a whole? Full package, match itself, finish, everything. What were your thoughts? I think I think for the in-ring standpoint before Rollins cashed, I think it, they built it just – they built it perfect for the fans because the fans didn't want Reigns to win, so they just let Lesnar kick his ass the whole match. And the crowd was really into it. Obviously, when he came out, Lesnar got the big pop and people were booing the shit out of Reigns. I think it meant sense for – for Brock just to kill, pretty much kill Reigns, pretty much the whole match. So the crowd was getting really, really into it. Then like right when at, when we thought Lesnar was gonna win, then they like they had Reigns come back, kind of like thought like oh goodness, here's like this kind of Cena esque like babyface stuff, and like come back and win. Once I hit once he hit that last at five, I was like all right, Lesnar's gonna win one two three. Obviously Rollins comes booking <laughs> out, <laughs> running one of the fastest runouts of all time. If they had a clock, I would want to see the time. He slides in perfectly. Yeah. At first, I thought he was gonna cash. I thought he was gonna get speared because like Roman Reigns is kind of on the middle rope, 
And I was like, oh my god, they're taking so much long to like get the briefcase and like announce him. I'm like, no, like, he's gonna get speared. Yep, and like, yep. he kind of like fell down, so I like, kicked him out, did the curb stomp. Then right when he got for the F5, I was like, Royal Rumble 2.0. Then obviously Reigns speared him. I'm like, all right. Then he curb stomped him again, got the victory, ran out. The crowd went nuts on the top of the stage that the fireworks going off and just great. a great moment. Absolutely. I mean, like I said before, I feel like it was so brilliantly booked. It was it was perfect. The match itself was great. And I think what they did the best, the most of all, was how they, they, they built off of the suspense of the fans. Like, we were thinking Reigns is going to come back and win it. That finishing sequence, like you said, oh, shit, Lesnar's going to win. You know, like, it was crazy. And um, also, Lesnar, having ended the streak last year, has, n- has yet to be pinned, so he still has that. Rollins is champion. And most importantly, Reigns is not champion because he's not ready yet. He will get that moment at SummerSlam, WrestleMania, whatever, as long as he doesn't drop the belt to Rollins. As long as Rollins doesn't drop the belt to Reigns this week on Superstars, I think we're all good. But I think everything about this I thought was excellent all the way around, and that's what caused me to lose my voice because, RJ, you went crazy as well. We went nuts when Rollins' music hit because you've been predicting this. Like I showed the text from August. I had no belief that this was going to happen. I didn't think Lesnar was going to go to the U.S. I didn't think Lesnar was going to stay. He did. I didn't think Samoa Joe was going to sign with WWE. Apparently he has. I never thought in a million years this would happen, and it did. So I'm very happy to have been proven wrong by the WWE. So I thought it was phenomenal all the way around. So, John, what were your two cents on the match from Lesnar, Reigns, and Rollins? And an amazing finish. Well, first things first. I, no one, no one talked about the visuals. I know in a in a crazy night like that, those are probably the last thing people are concerned about. But I mean, from a visual standpoint, Roman Reigns, you know, slamming his fist in the middle of the ring, having the the camera pan around the ring with the fireworks going off, Lesnar coming down. Lesnar looked like a spectacle, man. He looked like a prize fighter coming down. And I mean, as much as people did not want to see this match, this felt like a big fight. And that's something that I'm really glad they accomplished. I mean, people were not at all wanting to see this match, and it felt like the biggest fight of the night because no one knew how it was going to go. It was legitimately unpredictable. And so I, the, the visuals were great. The in-reaction, I loved the story they told. I, I was scared that they were going to make Reigns look on par with Lesnar. And I'm, I'm glad they made they, – and there was no doubt in anyone's mind that had Rollins not come out – Range was done for. Range was range was shoulders to the mat. One, two, three. Lesnar's Lesnar was retaining. So I love the story they told there. They gave the offense they did give Range was logical too. I mean, they had Range push Lesnar's head into the post, have Lesnar start leaking a little bit. Then they gave Range a couple uh, Superman punches, but not before Range could even amount uh, enough offense. Was Lesnar right back on him with Suplex City, Suplex City, Suplex City? So it was a good story being told. It was a good match, and it got even better when Seth Rollins' music hit and came down the ring. And like you said, RJ, one of the fastest running times ever. I've never seen someone go down to the ring that quickly. Um, and so when Rollins cashed in, it was a, it was a huge markout moment. And I, I'm going to give RJ his credit in that August he predicted that uh, – what, did you predict that Seth Rollins was going to win the title at Mania with Money in the Bank? Yeah. At WrestleMania, I, I said no, because I didn't think he would end the show, and he did. I'll, I'll give you your credit where credit is due, but I'm just going to just take this claim. I don't know if Graham remembers it, but at, before the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, uh, they, they, they did it for the first time, the Money in the Bank by the numbers, and they actually said uh, last June, uh, this um, 
despite all the places where Money in the Bank has been cashed in, no one has ever cashed in at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And when I heard, and when I heard that, I was like, all right. Because they said that, it's <laughs> happening. WrestleMania 31. I didn't, but this was before Rollins won, so I didn't know who was going to uh, win the Money in the Bank briefcase. But I was like, WrestleMania 31. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know who, but they're cashing in the briefcase at WrestleMania 31. Good call. Uh, but then again, I feel like they say they say that all the time, especially when Kennedy won it, and especially Brian too. Because remember how he said he was going to cash in at WrestleMania and be the first one, you know? And they, they didn't go that route, obviously. But yeah. um, you know, I feel like with him being the first one, though, it was amazing. Like you said, you know, RJ was saying that I feel like you know they they weren't going to go off the show with a heel winning WrestleMania thirty years ago today. March 31st, 1985, in those 30 years, we have only had one instance at 17, ironically enough, another amazing WrestleMania, like one, like people say, one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time, that we had a heel end the show as champion. Missed it, too. Rock ended the show, like, strong, though. You know what I mean? But you, you, oh, well, you just that, that's what I'm going yeah, off yeah. of, you. That's what I'm going off of. So, well, did, did Triple H do that at WrestleMania 2000? Rock laid him out afterwards as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're you're getting you're getting technical there. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm saying like send the crowd home happy is what I'm saying. You know. Okay. And, you know. Okay. And, and, well, technically you did that at, at, at thirty at seventeen too because Austin was supposed to be the heel, but it was his hometown and that was not their intention. But that's very technical. But still though, but I didn't. I, go ahead. If you want to go along those lines of physicality, I mean the crowd was so hot. Yeah. Hot yeah. 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 One. I mean you could if that was the only WWE pay per view you've ever seen, you would think Rollins was. The, the biggest baby face there. I mean, the, crowd, <laughs> yeah. the crowd was hot for him. Everyone yeah. was hot for him. Mostly because there was, there, was, there was a question for a little bit whether Reigns would win. And no, I, I love Roman Reigns. I really do. I, I don't give him enough credit. But the, like, like everyone agrees, he just wasn't ready. Um, and there was a question for a little bit whether he would actually walk out. I mean, there was enough offense where I, I got a little scared. I started to question whether it was there was a routine or not. And then when I saw Reigns, it was a spectacle. It really was. I mean, I would be, I, I don't think I'd be out of line in saying that the greatest ending to WrestleMania of all time. I mean, pick another one. I don't know if it can't. I mean, this was the first time Money in the Bank was cashed in at WrestleMania. It's not like it was cashed in in 2012 on Sheamus in the opening match of WrestleMania 28. I mean, this was going off the air. Seth Rollins, first NXT alumni, you know, coming in taking the title, not the, the secondary world title, the top title, all right? The, the future is now, boys. I mean, that was that was the greatest closer ever. Hashtag future is now, and I think we can't really tell, because like John and I were talking on the phone a couple days ago, we can't rank the WrestleMania endings and WrestleMania until about a year later. I feel like you have to wait until the aftermath. But that said, though, two questions. RJ, I'll start with you, because you're the one that asked me this week on the hashtag Q&A video. Do you feel the ending to WrestleMania 31 was the was the greatest of all time? From what you've seen, from you know, from, what, the, from what I've seen and what I've been a fan for, I think, and what you know of too, and obviously. what I know of as well, I think, I think this was the best ending, and I think it blew away everything that I've seen at the end of WrestleMania. I think if Rollins cashed it in after Reigns won, I don't think it would have been as big as a moment. Obviously, people would have marked out, but I think him coming down during the match. And, Unprecedented. and no interference at all. Like it wasn't like after the match, like Lesnar got F5'd him, then he comes and like takes the distorted range away. Way too predictable. Yes. I think the way that they booked it, him coming up mid match well not mid match, but the end of the match, cashing <laughs> in, 
curb stomp. Like they kind of gave the swerve. Like he not he's not gonna cash and he's gonna yep. fail it. Yep. Then he kind of does it. Gets a belt. He goes he goes nuts. We go nuts. The crowd goes nuts. I just think like there's never been a moment in my life that I was so happy at the end of WrestleMania. I was like, holy shit. Like. <laughs> Seth Speaking Rollins of the ending, Graham, you pointed out to me that someone pointed out to you. You can audibly hear Seth yep. Rollins go, "Thank you so much." Yeah, we. we uh, I, I told RJ before, before the show, and he, yeah, he could, you know, he can back that up. It. Someone told me that on Twitter, and I'm like, "You're joking." And I looked it up. I'm like, "Wow!" And you can really hear it, and that just goes it to is, show. It, that that is so t- I, that's so cool. I mean, these guys came up together. Yeah, they were in the Shield together, and when you think about it. I don't know if Roman Reigns gets enough credit. I mean, going to going into the Royal Rumble, I'm sure creative told him, "All right, Roman Reigns, we don't know whether Lesnar's leaving or staying. So at WrestleMania, you're you're the next guy. You're, we're going with you." And essentially, what Seth Rollins did is he came in and just took it right from under Roman Reigns' nose. So what Seth Rollins thanking him? I mean, that is really touching. And that like, hey Roman, I know this is meant for you, but thank you for handing it over to me. Whether Roman's had a cho- whether Roman had a choice in it or not is is unknown. But I mean. It's just really, it's really cool to know that, you know, they went with Rollins and Romans was big enough to give him that moment. I, th- I think you could say the same with Batista from last year. I don't think people give enough credit for him no. winning whole the Rumble. Run, I believe too. You know, his whole run exactly him winning Royal Rumble, everyone shit all over it because they wanted Brian to win. Loses clean at WrestleMania. Loses clean at Extreme Rules. Loses clean at Payback. He's, payback. He's the one who got pinned in all those matches. I just think, like you said, Roman Reigns. Had the same predicament, like he won, but like no one really wanted to win, so like they kind of changed the plans a little bit. But like you said, Roman Reigns gets a lot of credit. I think when he's ready, I don't know, like you can't really say like he's ready now. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like it's done. I think even if you won, I think I think people would have crapped all over it if Reigns won. But like you can't just change your plans every time fans aren't happy. Someone mentioned that to me on Twitter too, and it's not like you know we're chanting for Zack Ryder, so let's put him in the main event. It's because. And th- well, th- that would have been a problem. It would have been an issue in the case that, you know, we're chanting for Daniel Bryan, give us Daniel Bryan, change the main event. That would have been a problem ha- had they had Reigns win the Royal Rumble, and then they give it to Daniel Bryan. Like, yeah. that's an issue. With Seth Rollins, the story is there, the execution was there, the buildup was there. Everything about this was so goddamn well done that it wasn't, it didn't feel forced. It felt organic, organic. you know? That's why I loved it. And the thank you so much thing I thought was so amazing. And I mean, I said this to John, but I feel like I, I know we got to wait like a couple years. The Shield to me feel like the greatest WWE faction of all time. As of right now, I mean, I mean the build up. The build, the build of them coming off the breakout, they were so hot as a stable. When they broke up, people a little worried. And myself included, I was a big Seth Rollins fan in the Shield. Like, oh, I no. was like, like, damn, Dean Ambrose and, like, Reigns, they're going to be the next two. Like, Seth might get pushed aside. They they swerved us with the Rollins heel turn, which no one saw coming. They thought it was going to be Ambrose. Great moment. And they both, all three of them had respectfully, their careers have flourished without the Shield. They Obviously, Ambrose kind of been a little shaky lately. But still over his Still hell. over his all hell, and yes. Ima- and imagine, imagine in three or four years when there's some young, new heel faction, and, you know, they're, they're cutting a promo at, at SummerSlam or on a huge Raw, and all of a sudden you hear, Sierra Hotel, India, Echo Lima, Delta, Shield. And then all three of these now total main eventers, like total freaking huge megastars, are now once together again. I mean, like, this is this is the NWO. Like, like before the NWO was the NWO. I mean, imagine if Hogan, Nash, and Hall came up together, all right, 
separated and then came back together. I mean, this, this is an unprecedented fact. I, I think it's also really good too because there's three not known people. If you put Hogan Ash, like they were already big names. Yeah. You put three guys that most people didn't know because they weren't on it. Like NXT wasn't really like that exposed yet. No, yeah. Like the new NXT at least. Yeah. And like these guys come out, people knew of their work are Ambrose and Rollins and like Ring of Honor and like all their other programs. Rowan Reigns was the green guy, but they kicked ass for two years, split up, they all do like good, they're doing great now, and like, down the road, I can so see that. The only thing I want to do is, it's very nitpicking, but change Roman Reigns' entrance theme, yes. and his attire. Yes. It, get him away from the shield, so like the shield, when they come back, it's uh, it makes more, like, it's exactly. way better. Because I feel like, when I hear Reigns, I'm like, oh, just change his music and his attire, yes, like, and just think of the shield every We're still going to mark out when yeah, we're here exactly. you know, whatever. But I, have I, feel... a, I have a great, I have a great proposition that would go right along those lines, Archer. But I want to start it off with a question for both of you. I saw this was a huge moment on, uh, or not a huge moment, a huge uh, topic of conversation on Twitter, at least on my timeline last night, and that Roman Reigns just absolutely got destroyed uh, in San Jose on Monday Night Raw. Now you might have to, you know, give that. Uh, put credit to the heel crowd that we had in San Jose. I mean, they were not easy on Roman Reigns. But my question is, what what has he done wrong? I mean, he literally he was given the uh, the go ahead to be to go to the main event to win the Royal Rumble. All right, no one wanted to see him as WWE champion. Now he's not WWE champion. He got pinned at WrestleMania. All right. So so what is what is the gripe with Roman Reigns now? No one wanted to see him as champion, and now he is no longer champion. So why are people still booing him is my question. And the, my and also, what do you think has to be done to get Roman Reigns back into the good graces of the WWE Universe? At this point, I absolutely see what you're saying, that people pooped all over him last night on Raw. We saw it coming. I mean, I said it. I mean, having him be the third guy in that match was an absolute mistake. We saw it coming. The execution was bad. And someone was getting, you know, a little flustered saying that, oh, it was the crowd's fault. WWE had to know they were going to get that reaction. It felt like a main event of any other Raw. The same old shit chants were spot on. So don't blame the crowd. They were just having fun. I would have done the exact same thing. And, and it's not their fault. It's not the, the crowd's fault. WWE, it was a great show, but, you know, that, that finish, they should not have ended with that. We sh- I think we all agree. But no, well, Yeah, yeah. But to answer your question, though, I think at this point, it's only 24 hours removed. It was a smarky crowd. We knew how that, that, that was going to happen. But at this point, going forward, if he continues to get booed, it's only because it's become the cool thing to do. That's it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, like with Cena, why would why do we boo him? Because he's stale. I mean, I mean, I guess we have a reason to boo him. But <laughs> I guess with Reigns, though, at this point, there's no reason to boo him. It's just the cool thing to do. That's why people did it last night. And then what do you do to make him not get booed, to have him get back in the good graces, as you said, John? That's a good question. I feel like if he continues to improve and has a breakout performance, and he did at WrestleMania, in my opinion, I thought he did great. I mean, the smirking thing was kind of annoying. It kind of felt like Cena 2.0 to me. He's like laughing when he's getting his ass yeah, kicked. Yeah, it felt like John Cena all over again. I think that's what he's got to do. He's got to, to RJ's point, too, to kind of tie it all together. He's got to establish his own identity, stop riding the coattails of the shield, Change the idea, change the attire more so than he already has. He did a little bit. Change Go, the entrance theme as well. Theme, I yeah, more primarily, kind of establish his own identity. And he had a break, a performance with Brian too. But that was before the you know people thought he was he wasn't gonna win, whatever. But um, yeah, just kind of get better and have great matches. I mean, that's all you can really do. I don't know. They did a lot of damage to Roman Reigns. I'll say that yeah. much. I think- can I can I uh, give you guys my proposition really quick? 
Sure. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I think I think that the easiest way, without changing his entrance music, without changing his attire, without giving him a makeover, the easiest thing he can do is what they did to the, his cousin, The Rock, in 1997. All right? He's a white meat baby face right now. What do you do? Make him a dark meat heel. Right, make him make him embrace the boost. Tell everyone in the arena to shut up. All right, and then as he's doing that, put on great matches. All right, people are people are officially going to boo him now because, like you said, Graham, it's a cool thing to do. So you you should make it less awkward. Give Matt because because he is a babyface and everyone acknowledges that he is a babyface. So when people boo him, it's like uh, there's like a disconnect. So if you make him a heel. All right, now there's no disconnect. It's not as awkward. And if you have him embrace it, it gets better on the mic. He gets better in the ring. He's no longer saying believe that because he's a heel. <laughs> then when he eventually does turn babyface again against the monster heel or just re- reuniting with the shield, I mean, there, there will be absolutely no reason to boo the guy. Absolutely agree. I feel like they need to turn him heel at some point. I mean, they need to. If this continues for the next month or so, they're going to have to at some point. Otherwise... The guy's gonna fail. Rock wouldn't. I, I can. I don't know if I can guarantee you this, but I feel like if they kept him babyface, did not do the heel turn, would he have been successful? Probably not. And that's only my opinion. But I feel like he would not have gotten to the levels that he did because people were chanting "Die, Rocky, die." So yeah, I, I say heel turn is in the books. Pair him with Heyman when Lesnar's gone. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he would pair with the guy that Lesnar was beating the shit out of at the end of WrestleMania. <laughs> um, if, if they're gonna be a cohesive unit when Lesnar returns, I have no idea. And they both want to go against Seth Rollins. I don't know if you turn him. Whatever. I'm going too far down the yeah. rabbit hole. But I just think I think the one thing that really hurt him is getting hurt. It's not his fault, but he like people are like he's not ready. Like he will come back eventually. But him losing that time, those two or three months out yeah, of the ring, bothers me the most. It's not his fault, but like that bothered them. And then like him coming back and like the Cena booking, people like hate Cena. So then once he has the same like babyface kind of stick, then people are gonna still boo him. Then he wins. Then people didn't want him to win. And then he beats Brian, who didn't want people to win. And then, like, I think, like you said, eventually you have to turn him heel. No one's going to cheer him. It's already in the books that no one's going to cheer him. In my opinion, I know Graham and I have talked about this. I mean, the worst thing to happen to Roman Reigns, I mean, sure, the injury was debilitating, and it really derailed his momentum. But having Daniel Bryan return on December 28th was the worst thing he could have done. Yeah. Even if, even if Daniel Bryan was ready to get back, you got to think, all right, Dan Bryan's the most popular guy in his company. If he comes back before the Rumble, everyone's going to want him to win the Rumble. We got Roman Reigns winning the Rumble. That doesn't look good. Might kind of resemble what happened last year. Let's have Dan Bryan return the night after the Royal, Rumble. the Royal Rumble. Then Roman Reigns doesn't even get booed. Roman Reigns gets cheered at the Royal Rumble because Daniel Bryan never got eliminated stupidly. And the fact that he's in there with Big Show and Kane, no one wants to see them win. Roman Reigns gets cheered. How he might be WWE champion right now if they just push back Daniel Bryan's return to the WWE. I think that's the worst thing that happened to Roman Reigns. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel like Roman Reigns was like being booed. He- I mean, he wasn't being cheered heavily when he came back. You go back to TLC or right or no, he got a big pop when he came back at TLC. The Slammy Awards, when he won Superstar of the Year, people were pooping on him then. Not to the extent that they are now, but uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. I feel like the Bryan return was what killed him, and they got to turn him heel at some point. Otherwise, the guy's going to be dead in the water. Like you said, it's already, already established that the guy is you know, no good in the eyes of the hardcore fans, whatever. They're going to have to turn him heel. There's really nothing else they can do, and if they can build up to that moment with him winning the belt at SummerSlam or whatever, I feel like it would be awesome. Yeah, but um, the go thing ahead. is, for that, they would have to turn Rollins' face, which I don't see happening 
anytime soon. And they shouldn't. Which which shouldn't because he's still aligned with the authority. And he's like that scaredy cat runaway heel. As champion has other people like take his bumps, which is perfect. And I think they couldn't change him heel eventually or face right now. I think like you said. Well, yeah, no. I mean, if you you turn Lesnar heel. I'm sorry, Lesnar. If you turn Roman Reigns heel, at Extreme Rules, you have Orton in there to be the babyface and like a triple threat. And then maybe you take Reigns out of the equation for a little bit. I mean, at SummerSlam, it's not guaranteed that they're going to have uh, Roman Reigns Rollins as the main event. They could have Ro- I think they should do Roman Reigns and Cena at SummerSlam. That would be fine with me. Heal Roman Reigns versus a babyface John Cena. I'm down. <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, I don't feel like you said Orton would be the babyface in that triple threat match. If they're going to turn Roman heel, they're, they're not going to do it in like the next month. I feel like they're going to wait on it. It should be like tomorrow. And um, I, I feel like they're just going to wait on it. But, yeah, I feel like at SummerSlam, that would be a really good match for Roman. And, you know, the, the guy does have a future. He's really good. Like John said, I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan. But they need to do something about it because the guy is not going to get cheered very heavily. I mean, Rollins is so great that when he came out last night, he was getting cheered. People went crazy for him when he came out for the first time. It's also and the hardcore fans, though. That said, though, what I'm saying is that he got cheered heavily, but he he turned the crowd against him when he said, you know what, I'm not going to face Lesnar tonight. <laughs> and everyone was like, boo, you suck. You know, that's that's the art of being a great heel. It's not, you know, doing, you know, not going with the cheers. It's turning the crowd against you. And that's what Rollins does so well. That's why Roman Reigns has to go heel eventually and then... Going back to what I was going to say before, I feel like with the thank you so much line, that planted the seeds for a triple threat match with all three guys come WrestleMania. And like you said, Ambrose isn't at that level right now, but anything can happen in a year. Like, if you told me last year that Roman was going to be in the main event, they were squashing the freaking New Age Outlaws and Kane last year, you know? I think, I think, but the thing is, I think they split them up because Brian got hurt. Too. Absolutely, yeah. So, if he didn't get hurt, maybe they still would have had a longer run than that. Maybe, it probably exactly. would have. It all, probably, like, they all, yeah. like, so, but anything it's like a happen. domino effect. Once one falls, like, they all start splitting. Yeah, so anything can happen in a year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I feel like a triple threat A lot, a lot of them. things are traced back to Daniel Bryan. It's all Daniel Bryan's Daniel fault. Daniel Bryan's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's the turd's fault. <laughs> oh Thankfully, that died a death pretty quickly. But um, that does it for WrestleMania. So we'll go around right now. I feel like WrestleMania, like John said, I really, really enjoyed it. Greatest of all time, I can't really say until about like March 31st, 2016. But I don't know. I thought everything about this WrestleMania was great. Really, really enjoyed it. A lot of WrestleMania moments. And like John and I were talking about, I feel like the future is now. You've got, and Triple H tweeted this out too, which I did not pick up on, but there was an NXT alumni involved in every, every match. single match. I said that before going in. That. Did you? I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot about it. With the exception of Triple H and Sting. Yeah. I think that is awesome. I think that, that really does show the future is now. I, I wrote it on Facebook yesterday. The time for a change is now. we got all these cool champions. Cena, I know he's not the freshest face in the company, but him as U.S. champion is, is something new. And last night's Raw, we don't have time for a full Raw review because we're, we're running out of time yeah. here. But I feel like you know that they're taking the mid-card belts in a new direction, and that was kind of the dawning of a new era. Granted, we said the same thing about 30, and it wasn't because Brian got hurt, all these other factors. So it's all about the aftermath, but... I, I don't know. I love the show. I thought it was great. And if they can build off that momentum and everything goes well from here, then we're in for a hell of a spring season and the, and the rest of 2015. I think it's going to be a great year for WWE. And that was only the start of it. So, RJ, I'll start with you. Your overall thoughts on WrestleMania 31. I thought it was a good show. I, th- I think it's easily in my top five, I think. David or best? Uh, not, I don't think it's either of them, too, for me, at least. 
I think it's top, wait, wait, top five. Oh, what? top five favorite or I think yeah, it's in my top five or favorite okay, best. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. I thought you were saying it's my favorite best. I, I guess <laughs> no, no, no. I think like I said, I think the future is now. Some of the matches I thought should have went like I thought Rusev and Wyatt should have won, but that's that's <laughs> another story for another day. I think like I said, Brian winning was great. Orton and Rollins stole the show was great. I I wanted Rollins to win, but I like Randy Orton too, so that it was good. Too. That and finish. then the finish was ridiculous. And like <laughs> Seth Rollins came out and cashed in later. Yep. Lesnar and Raw uh, Lesnar reigns better than people expect it was gonna be. Um, Ron Rousey and that was great. I'm trying to think what else other things that happened. The These whole, matches good. The Sting I mean. and that stuff like yeah, I, that's like something I would have to regurgitate. The, yeah. Put another thought on. on at live, I wasn't really feeling it too much. Um, but nothing made you angry though. Nothing too. really made me angry. So I'd seen him winning, but that was gonna make me angry even though I know it was gonna happen. Yeah. Um, the Divas match was good. I like to see them on the card. Big Show winning sucked. Tyson Kidd and Cesaro <laughs> was good. That was a good WrestleMania. Like I said, nothing like nothing too bad. So like I said, I, easily top five. Like other WrestleManias have had way bad moments. <laughs> yeah. Like think of Twenty One was good, but then they had like Big Show on a thong. So that was even worse. There was nothing on the Mania that really made me mad. And, like I said, I think it was even better because like I feel like the marquee matches that we thought were gonna be really good weren't as good. But like the ones that we didn't think were gonna be good were really good. Like I thought yeah. Reigns and Lesnar. I was like. Best like, way to close the night. It's yeah, the main even, event. I think it was even better because my expectations for that match was the lowest of the night. And it was really like one low. of my favorite matches of the yeah, night. Same. That so I think, it, I think it was really good. I think they we were kind of skeptical like they were going to skip over and kind of a shit show. But they proved us right. Like hopefully they don't <laughs> screw up next year though. Like yeah. they planned. But like I said, I think it was good. Obviously we have to see how it goes. Like Seth Rollins could lose the Bell Extreme Rules to Randy Orton for some reason. Or like Rusev's in, down XT. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, a year down the line we'll see what the how the cards fall but like I said good show overall I think it did the best buy or they did some best something and money wise oh attendance I, I think attendance top five of all time yeah they, it, did, they did attendance and they produced the, the, the most revenue in WrestleMania history they beat out WrestleMania 29 which had like 12.3 million dollars in revenue is that like is that just like tickets ticket tickets what is that like that's, merch that's too every, or what is that's, that uh, that's merchandise that's oh, okay. yeah sales, that's well advertising. merch is just their merch is ridiculous they, yeah and they have yeah. great shirts out right now too so yeah that's props true. to WWE shop or whoever designs <laughs> that stuff but um like I said great show some some of the stuff from that I thought should have went other ways, but I wasn't. I was not upset with anything that happened. Yes, I think like some of the matches that I wanted to see win, I knew they were going to lose probably, so my expectations weren't too high. Like I said, I wasn't like like that sucked or furious like something like that. I think like I said, it was a good card. We our expectations were like they were kind of waiting for next year, but like I said, great way and great way for the future. Like last year, the future kind of started with WrestleMania 30 with Brian and Cesaro and the Shield winning and. What everyone else winning, I think it was great to see the futures now. And like I said, this NXT crop coming up, if they don't get lost in the shuffle, it will be great. Absolutely agree. I love the fact they broke the streak of bad, odd numbers WrestleManias, 27, 25, 29. So for the first time in, since 23, we had a great WrestleMania, a uh, great odd-numbered WrestleMania. Yes. And someone mentioned me, I think it was at JGF Tweets, he mentioned that... Uh, you know, is this the first time since, I don't know, 20 and 21 that we had great WrestleManias? 22, like 23 and 24 were good, but nothing, in my opinion, was as great as last night. Like, I can't say it was the greatest WrestleMania of all time. That may be stretching it. 
an argument can be made, but like I said, you got to wait a year. Because 30 was one of the greatest of all times. We said it on the show last 28 year. 28 was really good, too. I think 26 is very underrated, too. 26 is great, too. And I feel like, you know, we all said 30 was the greatest of all time. And then a year later, is it still great? Absolutely. But then Brian got injured and everything else. So, I, I mean. Said. Great show. We can't complain because we've got exactly, a great show. Exactly. That's, that's what it really comes down to. Bit. And then what John said, too, I feel like, you know, there's nothing that really made me mad. Like, Cena Wyatt was not good. And that Cena winning made no sense. Like, there was no there was no benefit to that. And it's not like the match was great, either. At least with this year, like, you can nitpick, like, with him winning the belt, mm, should have been different, but still a moment. Big Show winning, mm, hated that, but Miz and Miz now had their moment. Like I said, good show, you can't complain. Exactly, loved it, reminded me why I'm a wrestling fan, why I lost my voice, marking the hell out, greatest ending I have ever seen in a WWE pay-per-view. Yeah, pay-per-view, too, I think, greatest of all time. Like I said, the future is now, so John, I want to get your thoughts on a WrestleMania 31. I'll keep it short and sweet for you guys, and I'm actually going to tone it down a bit. I know I started off the program saying it was one of the great. It was the greatest of all time. Definitely my favorite of all time. And like you guys said, it's it's definitely too early to tell whether it was one of the greatest of all time. I'm, I was one of the people last year who said WrestleMania 30 was the greatest of all time. Trust me, I don't say that for every WrestleMania. I thought 29 was terrible. I didn't even <laughs> buy 20, didn't even, didn't even buy 27 because I was so just mad at wrestling for taking my money all the time, and I just I couldn't deal with it in 2011. But <laughs> I definitely thought that 31 was uh, definitely my my favorite WrestleMania. I had all, top to bottom. I mean, I said this in my predictions article. If you look at SummerSlam 2014, the greatest thing about that pay per view, which was what I thought was the best pay per view 2014, was that the card was stocked, stacked from top to bottom. All right, and if you look at WrestleMania 31, it's no different. Top to bottom, we got great matches going on. Great WrestleMania moments. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to beat next year WrestleMania 32. I think the fact that the build was so poor. I mean, it's not like oh we're not looking forward to it. And it was amazing. I mean, I admit my expectations weren't very high. But like I said, it was either gonna be really really good or really really bad. And the fact that the build wasn't great was really added to it because I feel like no one expected it to be that amazing. So that's why I really enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, but you know the execution was great. Nothing really made me mad, like John, like RJ was saying before, and it was a very enjoyable show, start to finish. But um, yeah, like I was saying, I think it, the the best thing about it was that twenty seven was so disappointing. Twenty nine was so bad too. Twenty nine was bad too. But the, the, what they had in common was like, oh, we're gonna build to next year. We're using this as a stepping stone. And like you said, it shouldn't be the case. They should focus on it right now. And they did that on Sunday. They they planted the seeds for thirty two with Triple H and Ronda Rousey and, and Stephanie and Rock as well as maybe a S.H.I.E.L.D. triple threat, Undertaker coming back, Undertaker staying. They planted the seeds, but it was also really, really good. So you got the best of both worlds, and then we had an amazing Raw last night, with the exception of the bad ending, but that is what it is. We're not getting the Raw right now, because we've got to go off the air, but I thought that was a great show, too. Adrian Neville's on Raw, Lucha Dragon, Sheamus is back as a heel. A lot of cool things going on right now. And moreover than anything else, I think we can all agree, was that not only did this plant the seeds for WrestleMania next year, it planted the seeds... For SummerSlam in August, where we will be in attendance. Hey. And that's going to be nuts, dude. And like you were saying, John, Lesnar Rollins at SummerSlam would be nuts. And the best part about mm-hmm. it, we're going to be there in attendance. Like everything that yes, we saw sir. last night, you know, is, is planting, is, is paving the road for what we get to see live in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn on August, whatever it 23rd, is. 23rd. 23rd. There you go. August 23rd, 2015. It's going to be nuts. So I'm looking forward to that. But, um, yeah, that closes out today's show. So, John, before we let you go, as always, man, thanks for coming on. Always a great time. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hopefully we can speak with you down the road. But, of course, in the meantime and in between time, make sure to plug your blog, Twitter, anything else, brother, as always. 
Of course. If you guys would love, if you guys would please follow me on Twitter at underscore John Shark. And I, I really need to step my Twitter game up, boys. Graham's killing me <laughs> over here. Uh, and you can always read my John Shark and columns on next era wrestling dot net. No longer dot weebly dot net dot net. You got it. Uh, Check them out on nextairwrestling.net, and I will try, I will try, 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 try to write as much as possible before school gets out. I've been super, super, super busy, but i got a lot of new articles coming out, so stay tuned. Sounds great. And like I said, we'll both be out of school, we'll both be out of here in the next month and a half or something like this. So hopefully I can catch up with you in May and we can do a live podcast um, the next Definitely. time I cross roads with you. But like I said, John, always awesome having you on. We'll catch you down the road, brother. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. See you, man. So, RJ, I think the saddest news of the night, aside from maybe Sting losing his first match and the ending of Raw, I know you're very, I know you're very heartbroken, but C.J. Parker's gone from WWE. My, my week can get any worse. <laughs> I know you were hoping for a Raw debut from C.J. Parker last night. We got Neville instead, which was great. And I regret not being able to get into Raw, but WrestleMania was so great, we had to go two full hours with it. Um, but yeah, great Raw last night. I thought it was really, really good. I'm looking forward to next week, with the exception of the bad ending, but I thought... You know, on the whole, though, great show. Really, really enjoyed it. But, RJ, any final thoughts before we go off the air? I mean, just quick thoughts on Raw. Like I said, I thought it was good. Uh, Lucha Dragons came. It's good for Kalisto. Give two dicks about Sinkara. I don't think anyone cares <laughs> yeah. about him. Um, good to see Neville come up. His future is, I think it's in question. Like, I think he'd be like Adam Rose or one of them. Like, he's come up. People are excited. Then, like, they don't really know what to do with him, so they kind of just, like, Throw him by the wayside. Like, what remains to be seen. It remains to be seen because, like, the mid card champions, like, I don't see them losing the Neville. So that's what that's what I see right now. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened last night. Ambrose and Cena was good. Ooh, Ziggler and Bryan was good. The main event was like every mo- Monday Night Raw main event we've seen since Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah. Literally, the Authority against like Ryback, uh, Reigns, Reigns and Orton. And yeah. Orton. Uh, Sheamus came back. I'm not the biggest Sheamus fan. He looked like an idiot. Um, as a heel, though, it's great. As a heel, I guess it's better because it's another heel, but he better get rid of the Mohawk. <laughs> um, besides that, next week I'm looking forward to hopefully a ceremony show for Seth Rollins. I want confetti, balloons, all the authority on his feet, on a freaking throne. I want him to look like the biggest king of all time. I don't even care if he gets crashed. <laughs> they got to make this guy look like a million bucks. Um, besides that, I can't wait for Raw next week. WrestleMania season's over, so it kind of sucks a little bit to be a wrestling fan because, like, Monday after the Raw after is really good, and then, like, kind of, like... It's always the hangover. It's always, like, the hangover, which kind of yeah. sucks, but, like I said, it's been uh, 13 years and nothing's changed, so I don't think anything this year will change me. Um, very loyal and watch every Raw and all the pay-per-views and stuff like that, so I can't wait for this year. I can't wait to do a SummerSlam. Can't wait to see wins money in the bank. It just... Those are the two pay-per-views I'm probably looking for the most. The other ones are kind of, like... There's nothing really builds out of those. Where you're like money in the bank, you know who's gonna win. The, like who's the next probably gonna win the like title and stuff like that. And we're going to SummerSlam, so can't wait. It's gonna be a good. Hopefully another good year. WWE 2014 was good. 2013 was good in my opinion. So um, hopefully keep the streak running. Futures now. And besides that, um, shameless plugs of the day. I got Cam, Big Mac, Ben, Molly, Graham. Uh, Shannon, everyone, anyone that's a wrestling fan, I give you a shout out because WrestleMania was good and we got what we wanted. So it's great to be a wrestling fan right now. And then at Ray, RJ, at not Ray, at go. RJ <laughs> underscore Marceau on the Twitter. Um, besides that, just, I'm glad to be a wrestling fan right now, Graham. Absolutely. A lot to look forward to in the next couple of months. SummerSlam, as you said, the spring season should be interesting. 
with Seth Rollins as the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. When that dunna dunna dunna, like you said, we've watched it a dozen times over. My voice is still shot from that night. What a great show! If anything else, the, the enjoyable experience of watching over of watching WrestleMania over Marceau's place, Mr. Marceau, was great time. Hopefully, we can do the same next year with WrestleMania 32. If we're not already there. That remains to be seen. You are at 30 or well, 32, we'll see. But I feel like it could be a great show. But um, like you said, very much looking forward to the future at at um March at um hashtag no March March is over tomorrow, so I might have to buy a new Rollins shirt or something like that, like you said. <laughs> or a Bray Wyatt shirt. He's got some cool shirts. Did you buy the discount Roman Reigns shirt for $7.99? <laughs> I can, I will. I'm gonna be wearing it around all around campus. It's what... like he lost. <laughs> exactly. What a great shirt. But um like he was saying, next week. Big show, back to the regular time after two consecutive weeks of two-hour shows. Show. I thought you meant, like, big show. I was like... Come. A big show, right. Yeah, my favorite wrestler, according to, according to Marlon, at Marlon the Man on the Twitter, he was like, oh, Big Show and Kane in the main event, which I jinxed, by the way. That, my apologies. But, um, like I was saying before, next week, live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV 73. We got at Randy Cruz... On the show, I was on his show last week, the Cruise Control Podcast. Always an awesome time. We got him on next week to talk Monday Night Raw. But you can always visit nextairwrestling.net.net, that is. Like like uh, John said before, no more.weebly.com. It is .net, nextairwrestling.net, for all the archives of WrestleRant Radio. So that's going to do it, 9 o'clock Eastern next week, 8 Central Time. It's going to be an awesome show next week. And we will see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Getting, 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 you're 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 getting, 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 you're